whenever you need sports. Sports conference. Tune in to the nosebleed seats. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. Join Zach Wolchuk, Zach Babb, and Eric Giafalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I don't know who the hell that is. It's time for the nosebleed seats. There's not much that gets me more fired up. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. I am your host, Zach Wolchuk, alongside my co-host, Eric Chiafalo, and producer Bab. Episode number 18, the show everyone can afford to listen to. Shout out to Peyton Manning. Episode hey. 18. What? Yeah, I like it. I like it. What other 18s were there that were any good? That's the only one I can think of right now. Was Archie 18? I think he was. Maybe a little Archie. Maybe some Arch. Keep it in the Manning family. Sure. Randy Moss was 18 at one point, but I think he sucked at he that was. point. He was in Oakland. Everybody sucks. He was. Everyone sucks in Oakland. in Oakland. That's true. At least back in that time. Now Derek Carr's saving the day. So shout out to Peyton Manning. Shout out Peyton. We got a loaded show as always. Cornucopia, some amounts of goodness content flowing your way into your ear holes, ready to rock. We're talking NBA Finals. Of course, we have to. It's what's going down. Then we're going to be talking, uh, you know, a little bit of quick puck with Bab. Lots of NHL news in Charles Barkley. He made himself an appearance at the Stanley Cup Finals. Talked a little bit, uh, maybe some controversial comments. At not, the Stanley Cup? Not, yeah. So the Stanley Cup Finals, Charles Barkley's at. He's not at the NBA Finals? I know. People are thinking, hey. Jeez, Chuck. Charles is pro NHL over uh, basketball right now. We'll get weird. And we'll talk NFL, as always, and then we'll talk a little, uh, we'll wrap with some UFC and entertainment. Actually, have a lot of UFC audio because Dana White is in a little bit of a feud with one of his champions right now, and it creates for a bit of an interesting topic. But first and foremost, coming to studio today, it's been a week since I've seen these hooligans because work's going crazy. Chiafalo starts his, he started his internship. hey And we're sitting here. We're getting ready. And we got Deja and Susanna, SD Media, that do our stuff for us, right? They, they're on the Facebook Lives. They're creating a website for us. They they run our Facebook. Uh, they run our Instagram. They run our Twitter. They do it all. All they're, the legwork, man. They're they're incredible. So much love for them. So they're in here, and they're uh, interviewing us. We're doing some bios for the website. They do a Facebook Live video. And Susanna asks Eric, hey, man, did you, you get highlights in your hair? Yeah. And Eric, yeah. Sure did. And I just, wait, what? I was just with you for 30 minutes. I didn't notice a damn thing. You actually put highlights in your hair. Shows how much you care. You didn't even notice. Is that on me or is it just like for some reason in my mind, I don't expect my male friend to go get highlights? No, that's a fair. That's a very fair point. But I, I was a little disappointed that. When we when we hugged for a bit and we chatted, and it was dark. It was dim. It was a little dark. You didn't and have dim, the lights but on, we, but we did step outside for a second in the sun. We had to walk to the vehicle. You never even noticed my hair. Well, you wear it up in a bun all the time. It's like, what's gotten into you? It's babe? difficult for me to see it. It's like, do you even notice me Why anymore, don't you babe? Let, you're, to me, it's weird because you don't put the hair down. You don't. I put do the it hair for down. you. I'm How just am I going to tell? I'm just trying to stay hip for you, babe. Well, I didn't know that the French tips were still in anymore. Listen, dude, I got a lot of I got a lot of good female feedback and and so I, I went and pulled the trigger. So yes, I'm now a male walking around with, you know, hair long past my shoulders and and now I got some highlights in it. Well, good for and you. I'm not totally proud of it. Don't get me wrong. Are you not? It's not something I'm totally proud of. Why not? Why are you reserved? Because I just because I know it's I, I know the the stigma behind it. And this is this is like what I did in fourth grade. 
I had the spiky hair, and I had the and I had the tips blonde. I was thinking that, and like it was middle school. big time. That big was big. Time. Oh, it was. It, I wanted to do it too. I, I don't know if it was. I can't even say I, I didn't was do the it. one pulling girls at that time. It was it was my hair. That was it. Fourth grade, me getting girls. It was only because of my hair. You owe everything, and so I think it's really. Tips. I'm really just trying to go full circle with it now because it's been a struggle. So I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna spice things up for myself. I'm gonna put the blonde back in. Let's see if the hair can do something for me. So that's all it is. It's just a good ploy by me. Oh, like you were really struggling before. And the female feedback has been fantastic at this point. So thank you, ladies. Can't imagine it being any better than it already was. Now none of us have You'd a chance. You'd be surprised. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's been good. It's been good. It's been a good few days. And then not only did that a happen to me. good few days? What does that mean? Well, it's been a good few days because it's, I, I've died. I, 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 you know, I put the blonde in my hair just a few days ago. So since then, the female feedback has been great. Elaborate. Just the people that have here. seen me. Who saw you? Every, well, I mostly not not your mom. Not my mom. Even though she did like it. Even even my brothers liked it, man. So even the, oh, the, the, the male it? feedback's been hey, decent. Well, if you can get a brotherly approval, I think that's a big. Yes, thing. like even my brothers like are like, it. listen, I want to punch you, and at the same time, it looks it looks pretty good. To be honest, it does. I mean, I like it overall. Oh, okay. So you do like it. Oh, it doesn't look bad. You just didn't notice it. At I first. didn't notice it at first, and then just the whole thought process. And scenario, and then Susanna me. just called me out right in here. All it, it just takes a female eye; they see it, and then they call you out, and I get it. And then now you're roasting me. I'm not trying to roast you. I just wanted to bring light to it. No, it, oh, there's enough light in it now. Is there? Thanks to the blonde, we can shine it. That's true, and it's only going to get brighter because the sun's see, and get that's on the, to that's it. that's the good thing. So I, it's not too hard right now, but as the days go in the summer, and I'm outside, it gets harder. It gets harder. Yeah, it only gets harder from here. So okay, yeah. thanks, John. Well, I'm glad that we were able to address that. Anything cool happen other than the, the tips? Yeah, other than the tips. Yesterday, first day at the internship, uh, 105 through the fan CBS radio KRLD, and uh, I met Dirk Nowitzki, boys and girls. Oh my freaking god! Live in studio with the Ben and Skin Show, who I'm interning with for the first half of the summer. Shouts out to my guys, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, that's the hospitality the Ben and Skin Show treats you. They say, Eric, it's your first day. You know what? We'll bring Dirk in, and we'll do it big for you. I don't know how I would have handled that. Oh, Actually, I, I would have just yeah, you been a, very, a professional and I, not No, you would have peed your pants. You would have peed your but pants, inside, and you would have Yeah, him. I'd be geeking out, man. Did you give him, uh, like, a, hey, what's up? How's he going? Certainly, yeah. I gave him the head nod when he walked some in. coffee, whatever he needed, refreshments. I definitely got him some water. He looked at me specifically after his first segment, and he said, hey, you mind if I get some water? I said, oh, absolutely. I jumped right up. He said, distilled, please. I said, sure. And then I went out in the room and I was like, distilled water. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I go into the K, I go into the pre-show prep for KNC, and I'm like, guys, it's my first day on the job. Dirk Nowitzki just asked me to get him distilled water, and I don't want to mess this up. They're like, dude, we don't have distilled water. Just go in there and get him some. He's not going to know the difference. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I just go in there. I make it water. happen. I give it to him. He drank the whole thing, so I think he liked it. I don't. Yeah, from what I'm thinking of uh, in, the, in the break room, there's only one little place you can go get water other, unless it's tap. Yeah, and then so, I bumped into him in the bathroom, okay. and we had a moment in the bathroom that That's I'll always remember. Yeah, and, and everything, when something when you have a moment with, a, with another bro in the bathroom— I mean, that's just as special as it gets. And so it's something I'll never forget, and I think he'd probably tell you the same. Uh, I walk in there, and he was finishing up, so I, I walk right past finishing him. Finishing up as in? Finishing with, with, up uh, number one. Okay. Number one. I'm glad. I don't. I wanted to know. No question. Yeah, he was definitely going number one. I wish it was number two for my sake, but it was number one. And uh, so he was finishing up. I walk past him. I go to do the same thing. 
he, he's washing his hands and then I finish and I go over there and he's still messing. I see him. He's bent over. He's, he's so tall. And so the, the, the paper towel dispenser is really low for him, you know, and, and he can't figure out how to get the paper towels. Out. Was They're it struggling? Working? I'll tell you what, I went in there last night. It wasn't working. Okay. So there's the thing. It's my first day. I don't I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with this thing. He's like, Hey man, I, I can't get it out. He already washed his hands. I'm like, I, I said, Dirk, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. It's my first day. All right, so I don't know what's going on here. So me and Dirk are both bent over trying to figure out this towel dispenser, and for like 30 seconds, we're just laughing, trying to figure it out. I'm like, dude, I have no idea. I'm like, what the hell? CBS Radio, what you got going on here? So I guess it's broken. That's what it is. It's not just some high-tech thing that me and Dirk couldn't figure out. No, it's one of those sensors where you just you wave your hands underneath it, and then the paper uh, towel is okay. supposed to come out. But no. Last we did all of that. We were banging on it. We were just we were trying our to hands roll up the in sides. there. Yeah, trying to roll the sides. I was reaching We were pulling too. out all the stops. Nothing was working. I pulled the reach around hard around there. Yeah. And, and nothing was coming out. And Dirk and I did the exact same thing. It was, yeah. Together. And we bonded beautifully God, that sounds like an incredible it moment, was such though. a good no it was it was such a good moment i'm so thankful for the broken towel dispenser you'll remember that for the rest of your life he has probably forgotten it oh stop but i'm sure now i know you're lying through your teeth <laughs> no it's the uh he, he would you gotta think he'll recognize you right oh yeah we had that bathroom we moment. had that bathroom moment and you got me water we dapped up twice Jeez. you work for cbs ben and skin my boy are you kidding Hell me yeah. yeah so we're hanging out next weekend that's perfect that yeah, it's so gonna be cool. great, dude. Good for you, man. I might even end up being a hero in this celebrity hero charity event oh, that he's got going on no in a couple way. weeks. Are you, you gonna just, play? Yeah, so guys, come out. I think there's like only three thousand tickets left. I think the thing is about sold out. Yeah, you know I'm a baseball Dirk celebrity softball. If you want to come see me smoke some professional athletes, Woo. just uh, just come right out there. I think it's like June 24th. Maybe Sounds right. Maybe it's June 23rd. I don't know, but it's a Saturday. And it's Dirk Nowitzki. Very few seats left. If so, you it's are a, so, in that. so it's a great first day of work for me. I mean, truly, you just you can't you can't draw it up any better than that. It's I don't know if it'll get any better than that. You have Dirk coming in studio. Yeah, I Man, it might only awesome. go downhill from did here. Did you tell him you were a Heat fan though? I did not. Oh, you I left did not that tell. part out conveniently. Well, huh? I was gonna. Hey, hey, listen. I almost wore my Heat shirt and was gonna ask him directly about 06. Just just skip past eleven and just go right to 06. Just go go for the ball. Right you know, for the, the jugular right away. That's right. But I said, you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it cool. I'm gonna be respectful. It's my guy. It's my first day. Keep it professional. And now we're boys. So it ended up working out. And I did chicken out on getting a picture with him. I did kind of chicken out, and the guys made fun of me for it. But you know, I was just oh, playing hard they? to get. Hey, I was just playing true. hard to get. That's all. What do you mean? What happened? Was it- well, it's just I didn't. I, I like a part of me wanted to be like, hey man, can I snap a pic before you leave? Like me and you. And uh, I just I just didn't have the agates. And that's all right. Was everyone doing get, it? Hey, was listen, it an easy? Man. Was it easy for you to do if you wanted to do it? You know, you know, Dirk. He's a sweetheart, and and um, Kevin Hagelin, the ho- one of the yeah, hosts. he had one with this kid. He had his son there, so they took a picture together. And I could have just stepped right up and be like, "Hey, how about me?" And I just, <laughs> I just didn't have the balls. I was leaking confidence, man, and I just caved. Look, we've been there, and if it was one of my, I mean, Dirk is one of my heroes. I think I would have probably asked for for a picture in that moment, but for sure, I'm I, with you. I've, I've been there too. I kind of, I kind of regret it, but I'm like, listen, I'll get it next weekend when we kick it. No it's big no deal, problem. right? I'll get it. I'll get one. You get it at the house. Man. There will be other times. Hey, he'll be playing you know? a game of horse with him. That's even better. Matter of fact, he'll probably want to get a picture with me. I'll just wait till that happens. Jesus, you are full of yourself. No, the truth is, uh, he is the most gracious. So he was funny. He was charming. He was sweet. And he said hello to everybody. I mean, I'm I'm the intern. I'm as low as it gets. And I was just happy to just be in the presence of, of that guy. I'll tell you, we're lucky to have a, a really good group of sports athletes here in Dallas. The ones that I've gotten to meet have all been super cool. Dirk was cool. I haven't gotten to meet Dirk. We had Travis Frederick. 
come up for that's, Ben and Skin as well. That's and pretty I got legit. To meet Travis Frederick, we talked in the in the elevator, actually talked about beards because his he's got an awesome beard and mine grows out and his you know grows down. And I was asking him some tips and he says, "Man, it's a lot of work, a lot of grooming. It's a pain in the butt, but you've really just got to work at it." He's Honestly, probably he probably has a beard guy. He knows what he's right. Yeah, I bet he does, and and that's why you watch a baseball game and everybody comes up. Joey Gallo, Mitch Moreland, these guys come up to bat, and they've just got the perfect pristine beards. And it's because they got barbers in the freaking clubhouse. Man. Exactly, man. Everybody's so got their do? own beard guy, and it's smart on their part because they look great. They look great, and I'm looking bushy. But back to Travis Frederick, nice as can be. Yeah, no, it's really nice. These guys come up in there, and they're so cool, and everybody gets along, and, and it was a lot of fun. So uh, that's cool. You got to meet Travis Frederick. I would have loved to even if you'd have sure told me I was meeting Travis Frederick, I would have freaked out. And the fact that I got to meet Dirk, it was just it was just it's amazing. Awesome. So he was awesome. You can go check out the interview. I think on the podcast up there, Ben and Skin Show, CBS Radio. Yeah, I played it. Uh, this, we played it on Snacks last night. And I played it again this morning, part two. Cool uh, for the reload. So it's, yeah, it's so. been out there and it's on their podcast. Yeah, that's good. It's awesome. Dirk's always a great interview, right? I mean, oh yeah, he was he's funny, just man. Funniest guy. He was funny. He's a little goofy. And did um, you uh, you didn't put a plug in try and get him on the podcast, huh? No, man. Like I told you, couldn't I couldn't take my, a picture with him. I couldn't I even don't think take I a picture with the too. guy. Right? But while you're fiddling around in the bathroom, you could have been like, hey, by the way, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I should have pulled the trigger. That's there. when the shirt would have been but good. But again, but again, next weekend. Next weekend. I'm going to see him. Sure. Shouts out my boy, Dirk. Woo, Dirky Dirk. Thanks for rolling with us on the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Yeah. Zach Wolchuk here. Do you follow producer Bab? Let's get into the NBA Finals, boys. Mm. We were talking about it last week, and we had Kennedy on, and Kennedy's man, Cavs and six, and you and I didn't make a prediction, but we were thinking <laughs> it'll go at least six. Yeah, we were, we were dead series. wrong. We were pumping this baby. We were dead wrong. I thought it was going to be competitive. All of a sudden, game one comes, and it is competitive, right? I was at actually a Chinese restaurant. We had a family relative come in town. What'd you have? Because it was a buffet. Ooh, did you get a little sushi? There was a bit of sushi. The sushi was actually pretty good because sometimes it's sketchy. You got it. I was gonna, that's why I'm asking him because the sushi buffet is always a little oh. like, how long has it been sitting here? Exactly. So I was. you're always tentative. And typically, if it's not looking good, you can tell it's gas station looking sushi. Ooh, I'm God. not getting that. Gas this station was, sushi. They had the, uh, the, the sushi chef working it behind the counter. Nice. Doing his thing, making it fresh for you. So I, I tried it. It was pretty good. Overall... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily run back to this spot. Well, I'm sure. I think uh, there's better out there. I'm sure the runs got you not too long after the fact, huh? It wasn't too bad. Really? I will say. It wasn't surprised. too bad. Because, you know, a lot of times when you mix cat and dog, it can really mess you up. It was immediate afterwards, but usually it's multiple times. This was only once. Gotcha, gotcha. So it was a good clean break. So did you now did you so you watched the game at the Chinese food restaurant or what's the deal? They here? had a freaking CNN on. Oh, and I'm thinking to myself, guys, what are you doing? This is the last thing I want. And of course, I'm with, you know, my grandfather um, and his cousin and my grandmother. And they're, they're talking, we're talking politics at the table. I don't want to hear this. Jeez. So I'm on, you know, my phone keeping up with the game. And I see it's 24-24 first quarter. Sweet. This is an awesome game. I get back and basically see the second half. And it was a freaking snooze fest. That sucks because the second half was a snooze fest. The first half was where it was at. Both of these games, the first half has been decent, and then it's only a matter of time before Golden State pulls away sometime in that third quarter. And then it's just, they don't look back, and they're they're ridiculous. They're so amazing, and, and Durant's playing out of his mind. Curry's playing really, really well, and Klay Thompson finally had a good game last game. So I'm sorry you didn't get to enjoy it. At least you got to have some good Chinese food. And it I didn't, did. And it didn't backfire as much as we all assume it really did. No, overall, I can't I can't complain too much. 
but game one was upsetting. So I'm, and I'm thinking, all right, so we're all right. LeBron still played well. Yeah, no, LeBron's um, played well both games. Well, yeah, yes, he's played well both games. Kevin Durant looked incredible in game one, and it definitely made you think, uh-oh, Golden State's really good. Ayo. But still, Cleveland's good too. They'll figure it out. Game two, this will be fine. Game two rolls around. Same situation. It's close. Even in the third quarter, it seemed like Golden at, State had a lead. Points. At one point, Cleveland yeah, made a run. And it was then, constantly like a 10-point lead, and then Cleveland would get it to like three to four, five, and then it goes back up to 12, 13 points before too long, and it's just they could never maintain it. And then it was just they didn't look back at like right towards the end of the yes, third quarter, I this, think, and it was over. It switched right at the end there. Kyrie hits a big three. Things are going well. Then freaking Golden State goes on a 10-0 minute-and-a-half run. And it was over. And they're just shooting it the lights out from anywhere they want. Oracle's going insane. It is unreal because if one guy's missing, you know, you got Katie's playing terrific. He is playing incredibly well this series in games one and two. He's probably the finals MVP if this continues, right? He's easily. He's got to be. Without question. He's been tremendous. And the way that he scores so effort, his jump shot, it's just, oh, it's a thing of beauty. It man. is just water every single time. Crisp. Beautiful. And LeBron's had some decent, decent uh, defense on him at, at points where he's got a hand in his face and he just, Durant's so long, he shoots so high and he can be fading away. He can shoot from anywhere, any uh, off balance, it doesn't matter. And he's making it and he's just, and he's getting the easy shots and it's just, it's just a thing of beauty. As There's a nothing, Cleveland fan? You just got to be. You've got to be just surrendering. Frustrated You're just, because I'm a casual fan, but I, I admittedly am pulling for Cleveland. When I'm watching the games, I'm rooting for Cleveland. It just, just must be so frustrating. I'm glad I'm not. I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight, but I lean towards Golden State because my Heat fandom towards LeBron always is going to have that little slight. What does that mean? So you you kind of don't want him to have success elsewhere? Yeah, there's that little there's that little piece. There's that okay. little piece. A little bit of bitterness still. A slight bitterness. But you had to know he wasn't going to stay there. Did you, sure, did you I really, just thought it was a little bit Did you get the feeling he was going to stay? Not not um not stay like forever, but stay probably sign like the year Past he left. I thought four year maybe, deal? Yeah, probably like sign another like one year, maybe do a series of one year deals for like a year or two and then and then just keep evaluating things and see what happens cuz I thought the Heat team could have you know, revamped a little bit and been fine. But he had, it obviously worked out for him, so it is what it is. But it is what it is. It would be so frustrating to be a Cavaliers fan right now, and I just imagine, because I've been there. When I was a Heat fan, or I still am, but watching the watching the Heat the last time they were in the finals in 2013, going up against that Spurs team, that was just the most flawless, effortless, efficient team I've ever seen. And I couldn't... I, I was like, there's just nothing we can do. We just... We just we are just not good enough to beat these guys, and that's where Cleveland's at right now. You can hear Tyron Lue talk about it. You hear, you can just hear it in their voice. You can see it in their face. Listen, this is just, we are just out freaking manned. It's There's all it nothing is. we can do. There are series where Cleveland is, I'm like, good defense. That's great defense. They switch well. They're on it. They've got a hand in the face, and it's just swish, bottoms, Sorry. buckets. You can have two hands in my face. Steph, drain it. Katie, drain it. Now Clay's making, you got Draymond hitting a couple from behind the arc. It just is a just mind-blowing, what the hell am I watching? This Golden State team, and people talked about it a little bit, is this the greatest team we've ever seen? If they come out and just run Cleveland off the floor, and it's not that Cleveland's Cleveland has not played well at times. They've turned the ball over. They haven't hit shots. The first game they, they turned the ball been over consistent. And LeBron included. He had seven first-half turnovers. He cleaned it up in the second half. And LeBron's doing everything he can. He's playing the full games. He's averaging almost a freaking triple-double. 
Kevin Love stepped up, I thought, in game two, played a little bit better, but they just don't have anybody that's making consistent offense Kevin Love besides is, Kyrie and LeBron. And, and and even Kyrie's not playing very well, and he's reports are that he's a little banged up, so he's got that knee yeah. issue, and it's kind of the same thing with Curry last year. It's like, listen, he's playing, but if he's not himself, he's not himself. So, and if Kyrie's banged up right now, and they that can't gives afford them, that. No, they cannot they afford, can't that, afford that. They need they need peak all time Kyrie. They need peak all time LeBron, and they need peak all time Kevin Love. And they're not getting any of that except for I mean, LeBron's playing like he always does, which is phenomenal. It's so but difficult, man. When the, you've they're got just too old KD slow, dropping thirty three. Jr. Smith Steph is nowhere dropping to be found. Why is Tristan Thompson nowhere to be found? Tristan Thompson's doing. He's boarding. He's doing. No, what he's he, not. I don't. I don't think he is. Man. I've seen him get several rebounds. Well, and, rebounds. well, in the last game, in the second game, he didn't even barely play that much. Every time I look, every time I look down, they got shumpered in the game. They're going. Right. They're going they small. They went small. They went small. You're right. He and only that's played obvi- 21 minutes. And that's a decision. That's an obvious decision that they they went for, and that was their game plan going in. But I almost think you should use the big guys. I think you should just go uh, totally against what Cleveland do- or Golden State does and try to see what you can do with them. But Tristan Thompson, in my opinion, has been nowhere to be found in this series, and that's a problem. It is. And then their bench has done nothing. Corver, Jaron Williams, everybody Darren keeps Williams talking to me. Terrible. Kennedy comes on here telling me all my all these Cavs fans that I'm that I'm friends with, LeBron fans telling me how great the Cavs bench is, and they have not shown up at all. No, their bench has they been non-existent. And they, does anyone? Richard look, Jefferson's been the only bench player that's come and provided anything. That's and it's true. hustle. It's hustle plays. It's hustle plays. You're right. That's all it is. And shout out to Richard Jefferson because what is he 55 now? He's yeah him. And he can still jump him and through. Will, former Mavericks, and Darren Williams, I cringe anytime he's getting the ball in rotation. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. You just want D-Will to pass it off. D-Will is a, a biscuit away from the Cowboys calling him to play left guard. Okay? So that's, wow. that's where D-Will is at. Shots fired there for sure. But Richard Jackson is, 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 is balling right now. And the funniest thing about the Cavs or watching the Cavs is watching Amon Shumpert with the ball in his hands. No one does. Has anyone ever looked more confused with the basketball in their hands on an NBA court? I think that's just Actually, his face. You can take that to any court. Let's not. I don't even want to just pigeonhole it for the NBA. You can take it to your YMCA league down the street. Have you ever seen someone look more confused with a basketball in their hands than Iman Shumpert? I'm not Anybody? Gonna answer. I don't Please. know. I'm telling you. I, look, no. I wouldn't the know what the hell no. to do out there with what I'm looking at. Okay, that's why they're not paying you millions of dollars. That's true. I mean, my I wish God. they were. I'll go out there and try. That's for sure. And yeah, and you know what? You'll probably look just a step more confused than a Shumper. Just a step? Just the slightest. I'll take that. Splitting hairs. I love thing. splitting hairs. Yeah. Well, you would look good in a Cavs uni. I think so, too. The coloring brightens my eyes. Mm-hmm. And the nips. I mean, we all know about the, the nips. The peps, baby. Yeah, the peppies. Yeah. Love it. I know. But yeah, LeBron and, and the Cavs—they just know. And don't we have some audio? I haven't. I mean, don't we have some Cavs? Well, it was Is funny. LeBron saying some things. It was just hilarious. So now Cleveland's down 0-2, right? They've gotten beaten both games on the road. They're coming home for games three and four. So yeah, they kind of have to win at home, right? That's kind of obvious. I think people that aren't even sports fans, if they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm watching. What's the series?" Oh, Golden State's up 2-0. Going back to Cleveland. Well, yeah, they got to win then, I guess. You know, they're they're going to be eliminated, and the series is over. That's how this works. So De- Defending home court seems like the uh, the best option. This and- reporter just asked LeBron James the most obvious, moronic question at a press conference you can have, and LeBron's answer, I think, is spot on. Are you supposed to case where you got to defend home court at this point? Uh, well, I mean, are you a smart guy? 
I think so, right? So if we don't defend home court, what happens? But yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm asking you. Well, yeah, then you, you guys are looking at getting swept. All right. So that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What happens if they don't? If yeah. they don't defend home court, well, then Golden State is up 4-0. It's the best out of seven. Golden State wins the finals, right? So we pack it in, we go home, and season's we, over. No, no, no. We fly to Golden State for game five still. Oh, do we? No, that's the parade. Oh, that's game not five how it is works. the parade. Oh, darn it. Come on, Richard. Come on, dude. I guarantee you that reporter's name was Richard. You think so? I think so. I think that that is stereotyping to the mag. I am so. I love. I love. LeBron's response here because I can understand the frustration obviously you're losing this you know you just have no chance I mean after this game you just know in the back of your mind you're LeBron listen I'm the only one on this team that has it nobody else does so LeBron's frustrated you get the dumbest I mean this guy just throws a grenade of stupidity at LeBron's way and LeBron has time to catch it and throw it right back at him and I don't blame him for a second. LeBron is so just a great. witty, just... funny. I'd love LeBron. And people, like my mom doesn't like LeBron. She's pulling hard for Golden State. And I just don't get the people that are so anti-LeBron. It just baffles me. Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I have the slightest thing against him is just the whole heat thing. And that's just my crazy sports fandom for, for my team. And that's it. But there's no other reason why you, you need to be talking bad about LeBron. And that's at least understandable. If you played for your team, you're going to have some kind of emotional feel it's just, there. It's, the, like the, it's, a, it's a bittersweet thing. That's but there's all. so many people that are just basketball fans of teams that have no relation to LeBron James, and they hate on LeBron. Well, speaking of basketball fans, everybody talks about how this is like such a bad, like it's it's a, it's a bad finals now and how super teams are ruining it if there's only one good team and this and that. Well, the game two... Um, ratings came out for the for game two of the finals and it was the second or i guess it was the most since uh michael jordan's 98 bulls in game two against the utah jazz there was 19.6 million viewers which is a five percent increase from last year game two so everybody talked about how you know nba sucks and this and that and super teams and golden state's blowing them out and it's an obvious thing everybody's still watching wow so it's well. There was a lot of buildup. There was and, a lot of hype. It's and, the third year in a row. Yeah. There's a lot of super. I mean, you talk about the super teams, but it's all the superstars are playing. I wonder. Game three will be the real test because now everybody feels like it's pretty much over. Yes. So if game three is anywhere near game two's ratings, then I'll be pretty surprised. But usually the way these things work is the ratings get higher as the series go along when it's a six, seven game series. But game two is already pretty dang high. Is you that how just, that goes? You can just imagine how high it would be if. If it if it if, if the series game was seven. a game seven, like yeah, it would be certainly. it would be record breaking numbers. It's the championship game, baby. But and yeah, it's, it would be the championship of all championships, and we were and we were hoping for that. Kennedy said it you was. You don't in think six. it's possible? I want to get Kennedy on the phone and just ask him one simple question. Kennedy, have you ever been more wrong in your life in anything? When then when you said you don't Cavs think it's six. possible, Cavs and six. Uh, technically, mathematically, I don't even think it's possible, even though it really is. I think even math people are saying, listen, the numbers aren't even adding up for them to technically come back from down 2-0 to win in six. Gee, That's how unrealistic it is. Is it unrealistic? Because we talk about 06. For some reason, that gets brought up a lot. Damn 06. And I remember 2006 as a fan of the Dallas Mavericks D-Wade. that was sitting pretty like Golden State was. Dropping and it just 40. whipped up and down Miami in games one and two and had a double-digit, high double-digit lead deep into game three. 
and then blew it and lost the series in six. Yes. So is it completely out of the realm of possibility for Cleveland to get back into this thing? Completely no, but just because of how a phenomenal Golden State's playing, I have to say I, I just lean yes because I've never seen a team play like this. They are just so effortlessly better that they don't even have – it's not even a competition by the time the fourth quarter gets here. They're playing out of their minds, and it's just too easy for them. They are playing out of their minds. And, and Cleveland just doesn't have anything to come back, and Kyrie's banged up. and You and, have to be able to outscore and make shots, and right now Cleveland doesn't have enough players to do that to match up with Golden State. And you know what else? And they're all hitting. You know what else is in the back of their mind? Last year, they were up 2-0 at one point. They were up 3-1, and they ended up losing the series. They are, that is at the forefront of their mind, not even at the back of their mind. There is no way they're letting that happen again. So they are want to, remember Draymond talking about destroy and annihilate? That's exactly when they, they want to prove a point. They want to sweep the Cavs because they want it to be no question, nothing at all. Screw you for last year. We're going to have a Halloween party and we're going to put LeBron on the ground and we're going to step over him like you guys did to Steph. So you say that, is this not the time now? Back against the wall, all of that angst and animosity on the Golden State side. Everything's going pro-warrior. The guy who wants to be the greatest of all time, LeBron James, the king, right? Is that not when it's time for him to shine? The bright lights are back at Oracle. It's game three. It's now or nothing, LeBron. Of course LeBron's going to feel that way. Can he LeBron, will Cleveland do a win? It's, it's Maybe a win. That's how great LeBron is. You don't think he, he can will him to, to do two. That. I don't think he can will him to if two. If he gets Kyrie, if Kyrie's got to give him something, and Kyrie's him not and Kevin doing Love that right have now. have to. Those three have to play. You have and to you're assume. right. Tristan Thompson had a bad game, too. I didn't think he no, was no, awful no. in game oh, one. Tristan Thompson, yeah. I was Tristan I Thompson was, but a lot of it's because of Tyron Lue trying to figure out a lineup that works. He's tinkering. It's gonna. It's just tough because the, you watch Golden State and they just do freakish things that you've never seen before. No, just shooting it. Not from to everywhere. mention double, everybody's double dribbling and traveling out there. But well, I guess there's no more rules. Well, and coming into the series, we also weren't really sure about Steph Curry because we weren't sure he hadn't he hadn't really done that well in the finals the previous two. Last year he was banged up. First was, year, yes, he wasn't great. You had brought up that point. I think maybe Kennedy did too. And and so we I didn't know how Steph he was gonna was, play, but he play. He's been playing really really well. He's been playing great. And so, when you have Kevin Durant, who I had my more questions about KD playing well than I did Steph coming in because of how LeBron had really owned Kevin Durant throughout and, their meetings. And now you've seen it be the opposite at times. It's been the opposite. And the thing is, Kevin Durant is playing great defense these first two games. You are so and right about that. I've, I've never been, really thought of Kevin Durant as a defensive player at all. He's got length, certainly. Yeah, he's never he's been a difference it. maker he's on that really side of the court. He's really using his length to an advantage. You see him blocking, really contesting these shots, staying in front of LeBron and these guys. It's just been impressive what he's been doing. And it's just it, that's just what happens when you see a great player get around other great players and they're willing to share the ball on this. I mean, this it's kind of an indictment on Westbrook because you can see, listen, man, if you would have just been able to get me in my spots and be a little bit more giving and sharing and smart with the basketball, how easy it could look for Kevin Durant and how easy it could have in turn looked for Westbrook in the Thunder. And obviously... It's more than just Westbrook because Golden State's got Curry and, and Green and Thompson, so they got a plethora of other options. So I don't want to knock Westbrook too hard for that, but you can see the difference when you when Kevin Durant gets around players that know what they're doing and can get him in the get at the ball in the right spots. Man, the other audio that's been unbelievable throughout these few days is LeBron being asked in the post game, "What's the biggest difference?" It's KD. 
It's self-explanatory. It's Kevin Durant. Yes, he's the difference. LeBron said it every single time he's been asked that question. He's brought it up on numerous accounts, and it is. It's Kevin Durant because, like you said, Steph's played pretty well. But if Kevin Durant's not there, Clay struggled in Game 1. He played well in Game 2. But then the role players for, for Golden State, it's more evenly matched. The role players for Cleveland are struggling. Well, Golden State's have a little bit too, and you've had Steph versus LeBron. Now you throw KD in there. It's a different freaking story, It's a total man. different ball It's a game. different and level. Yeah, obviously, if you take KD off this uh, this series, then, yeah, it's a much different series, and it's probably tied at closer. one right now or yeah, something probably. like that. But also, don't forget, if Golden State didn't have Kevin Durant, they still would have at least Harrison Barnes. So let's at least give him that. You know, who had a great what, year for the Dallas who had, Mavericks. Who had a huge year for the Mavericks. And I'm very year, so. happy to have him as a Mavericks. Yes, Mavs you fan. are. Yes, you are. But, I mean, bottom line is Cleveland's in big time trouble, and they seem to just know it. You can tell from Lou. You can tell from LeBron. You can see the looks on their faces. Kyrie's banged up, and they're playing an all time juggernaut team. And it's just, <laughs> it's what it is, man. I mean, you just got to own it sometimes. It's what it is. You're so, right. I have actually a list of uh, facts I bet you didn't know. About the Warriors and Cavaliers. All right, give me some facts here on Nosebleed Seeds Podcast. All right, Zach so here's Walshaw. a list of facts. Give it to me. Rumor has it that every time Steph commits more than three turnovers in a game, he has to give his mom $100. Wow, family rule. Interesting. I like that. That, that. Well, that means he's been giving up 100 bucks. I think, in both games. He is careless with the ball sometimes, that Sure, it's chump change, but there's a reason Mama's so happy on the side there every time you see her on screen. Well, hey, I also got to say this. Golden State had 20 turnovers in game two, still won by like 20 points. True. That's ridiculous. Because it was sloppy and Cleveland couldn't make uh, it is what it is. All right. LeBron was in the eighth grade when he dunked for the first time. Wow. Uh, that's not too surprising. I would have guessed like sixth. Yeah. But that's just because. I thought he came out six foot eight like at birth. Yeah. that's And that's just how we make LeBron. Back in the ninth grade, Draymond Green was caught cheating on a biology test, so his mother gave away everything he owned. <laughs> what do you think that was? <laughs> you cannot even brush your teeth, Draymond. Yeah, no. Draymond, you will be showing up no to shampoo. school naked. Since you cheated on that test, you're going to be going to school naked for the next few weeks. Naked and smelly, because you got nothing, bro. And when you get home, you're guess toe-ing. what? You take your you're bed sleeping sheets. on the floor. Gosh. Bye-bye bed. Hey, I bet he never cheated again. No, I mean at least lesson not, learned. Maybe never Mama cheated. Uh, never cheated on a paper again. Kevin Durant is an avid photographer and was a credentialed photographer at Super Bowl Fifty. Who? Kevin Durant, KD. Oh yes, I did see. I remember that. I remember that. That went um, uh, unnoticed by me. Which which game was that? That was Panthers Broncos. That's right, Panthers Broncos. He was there. I remember. Clemson offered J.R. Smith a football scholarship after his junior year in high school. He played five different positions in high school. Wow. So J.R. Smith could ball, huh? I bet he could. He was I bet uh, he could. I wonder if he uh, juggernaut. I wonder if he smoked before football games like he does basketball games. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Might have been a little drunk. Who knows? J.R. Smith's high school yearbook quote read, get chicks or die trying. <laughs> <laughs> Classic J.R. Is anybody surprised by that? Not at all. How stoned does he look in his yearbook picture? Oh, he looks stoned. Yeah. Yeah. I think he came out looking that way. Probably. When Draymond Green was suspended for Game 5 of last year's NBA Finals, he reportedly watched the game with Marshawn Lynch. Oh. Eating oh, Skittles. I think they were up in the press box somewhere doing something, if I recall. I don't I think, think he I, was allowed to be in the stadium. Well, I don't know. if it, I think it might have been a road game. Mm. Was it a road Cleveland game? He stayed back in Golden State. and then, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he was at the A's game. But that's game cool. I would love. I, I would love. Door. 
I think if I could watch a game with somebody, I think it would be Marshawn Lynch would be I think up that there. was it. I think he was, he, he was, he was watching it over at the, the Coliseum, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I could see that. Oh, that's right, because he was watching the ba- is that the baseball game or whatever yeah. across the street. That's right. Marshawn Lynch, I would love to watch a game with him. Man, I, I wonder saw, how many Skittles see that ate. video of his carving up the Raiders' defense in practice. I mean, granted, but that offensive line is good. They're yeah. creating holes, and Marshawn Lynch looked every bit no, I of bet. the old beast mode. Yeah, he's he's the hometown hero this year. I think he's going to be ball out. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Kevin Love's uncle is a founding member of the Beach Boys. Is he really? That is awesome. That That's is a, a really badass cool. fact. And when you look at Kevin Love, I can see it, man. He looks like a beach boy. Another fact about this that I'm going to add in there, if it's not already, is that Kevin Love has the single greatest transformation physically from high school, or I mean from college to the NBA. If you don't know what Kevin Love looked like when he was in college at UCLA, do yourself a favor and Google him now. He's he very was like, good. He was, he was very good, but he was a little Pillsbury doughboy, a little soft, a little cushiony. He had a shaved head, not much hair on his face, pale as can be. Now he has he is he's like a G like you could see him on like the the cover of GQ from yeah. time to time. Got some nice beard going, got his hair growed out a little bit, got himself a barber, got himself a trainer or something because he's lost an unbelievable amount of weight. Shout out to Kevin Love. I think Weight Watchers really did it for him. Well, think about it, man. Those are awkward years. He grew, finally grew into himself. He found his identity and his role. I don't know how much now he's growing it. he needed to do. He's like 6 to 11. Well, you know, there's more to just growing than physically. You grow as a human freaking being, baby. Wow. Deep. I didn't even know that. That's what happens, dude. Learn something new every day. Kevin Love and Clay Thompson played on the same Little League team in Oregon. Oh, that's cool. I heard. I saw them talking about that on the broadcast. That's the other pretty day. cool. How how ridiculous is that to have on the same little league team two guys well, that end up being it, ballers? Yeah, as, as in basketball the final. players. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like that's. But they were on the same little league baseball team, so they're playing baseball. Kevin Love looks huge. I bet he pitched. I bet he pitched. Clay Thompson's father, Michael, was the NBA's first overall pick in 1978, and his brother Trace plays for the LA Dodgers. He's got good genes, that Clay Thompson. LeBron James owns a minority stake in Liverpool FC. Hell yeah. Soccer. I got family from the Liverpool area. Oh, yeah? Where there is we that? Go. It's in England. England. Yeah. Nice. Shout out to the soccer team. Current acting head coach of the Warriors, Mike Brown, signed a five-year contract to be the Cavs head coach in 2013, but was fired after one season, and he is still being paid by them. Wow. Holy moly. He's about to get paid by the Cavs to, to beat, their beat the Cavs. The finals. And wow. LeBron was the one who wanted him gone, I'm pretty sure. LeBron is the second player in history to have won the NBA MVP, finals MVP, and the Olympic gold medal in the same year. Who do you think the only other NBA player was? Michael Jordan. You're damn right it was. The GOAT, baby, forever and always. LeBron James and Steph Curry ranked first and second in NBA Finals history in three-pointers made. LeBron has 68. Curry has 57. And when you combine how many more finals LeBron's been to than Steph, double the amount, whoa. This is three-pointers? Three, Just three-pointers made. Yeah, that's just ridiculous, man. Curry's phenomenal. That's crazy. And that's the list that I've got. That's the there. list. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's the facts. Fun facts of the NBA Finals. That's pretty key. Got to get them in now because it's only going to be like, uh, what, two more games? I hope not. I think there'll be at least three, man. I think Cleveland can get one. Think they can get I one game three? Get, you think minimum three one. There's you go on record now. Commit. Commit. Do it sure. right now. I, I think do Cleveland it. gets game three at home. Yes. They get the win. I'm putting it down. Do it. Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Zach Babb. The only other uh, NBA talk that I've got here before we 
we roll to our uh, next little bit is the new Lakers news. I think the Lakers, to me, it's a smokescreen. But have you heard about the whole, they're maybe not that interested in LeVar Ball? I have. Um, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo. Why did I say? Because well, LeVar's always <laughs> LeVar, in the news. Hey, that is, All you hear is LeVar's name. There's a reason Excuse for that. Excuse me. I am so sorry. I need to stay in my lane. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. Yes, Lonzo is the player. He is the one who's going to be drafted. And, yes, everybody going into this thought that he was going to be going to the Lakers because he plays. Stay in your lane. Because he plays. Thank you, LeVar. He, he plays for UCLA. And he's from that area. And his dad has been very vocal about him playing for the Lakers. And supposedly Magic Johnson really loved the kid and all this stuff. And the Lakers get the number two pick. And it seemed like it was a match made in heaven, guarantee. And now reports come out that maybe the Lakers aren't so into him. Maybe they like De'Aaron uh, De Fox uh, out, of, out of Kentucky who whooped up on Lonzo Ball in the NCAA tournament. He's a really good point guard, athletic kid, 6'5", big wingspan. Not a great shooter, but athletic as can be fast as hell. And Lakers seem to be keen on him. And here's the thing. I get the smoke screen, but at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what they're smoke screening. Because well, just to try and not maybe Boston does like Lonzo. Well, I don't. It's, and it seems you try and think, oh, well, the Lakers aren't even interested in this kid. We're going to stick with Fultz. Nah, I just, it just seems like a stretch to me. But it, it, it seems to me more so like uh, something that wasn't supposed to get out that did get out. There's a rat because I, I just don't understand what what what's the Lakers incentive for that. I mean, Markel Fultz seems like he's going to be a guarantee to Boston. Lonzo didn't even want to. He was completely disrespectful to Boston, and that he didn't even want to go. He only wanted to train for the Lakers. So it seems like the, if the Lakers wanted him, they they can have him. The whole thing to me seems like a lot of baloney. I think the Lakers are still interested in Lonzo Ball, and I'd be very surprised if they didn't take it. Unless the whole report is just erroneous. It could. You be. know what I'm saying? If it's just completely erroneous, some made then up, it's just some made up crap. It could be, and I kind of feel like it is. And my gut tells me this is a load of crap. It does surprise me that the Lakers wouldn't be interested in him because the Lakers just seem to be into that star-studded, big name kind of thing. His dad's really into it, and that sort of deal. But the Lake Show. You want to get back to exactly. Your roots? It's and the Lonzo's showtime. Good. I mean, Big look, name stuff. I, I yeah, agree. I think there's potential in De'Aaron Fox, and I'm pretty sure Nick Nepic, who I've already uh, booked us for next week, is going to come on the show for the draft lottery. It's either next week or the week. The, the week of the lottery is when we want to try and get him on. I'm not sure if it's next week or the week after, but he's a big De'Aaron Fox guy. Yeah, he is. That's And right. he's he not that into Lonzo, so I wonder if Fox has moved ahead of Lonzo on his list as well. I think Nepic's have. Yeah, I was looking at Nepic's list, and I'm pretty sure he does have Fox ahead of Ball. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe we can try to find that. But we'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely be having him on and uh, picking his brain a little bit. But I don't know, man. Unless the whole thing is just complete bullcrap, I just don't get why the Lakers would want to send this smokescreen out because it just doesn't seem like, dude, listen, if you want Levar or if you want Lonzo, you can have him. If you don't, you don't. That's fine. But there's no sense in pitching it out there that you don't want him so that just only so Boston doesn't take him. Boston's not taking him. So. They can have him if they want him. It's Maybe weird. they don't. It was a weird story. And I can I can understand if they didn't want him because I think this is, we've talked about how deep of a class this is and how many good players there are that they may think are better than Lonzo, and that's totally fine. Maybe they do think so. What if it's to get LeVar Ball to shut up? It could be that. It could be just like a little hint. Hey, LeVar. Well, why get him to shut up now if you're going to draft him and you know he's going to be talking that whole time? I think Magic Johnson and him have a relationship. That's what it appears. I don't think. I don't know. I think that's why I think the story's crap, personally. That's fine. I, I, I think mean, the whole story is very uh, well uh, could be. Poo. I still, at the end of the day, would be shocked if the Lakers pass 
Alonzo Ball. I would not be shocked. I'll at be this pretty point. surprised. The only reason why I won't be shocked is because I think there are plenty of good players. It's not like they'd be reaching better to take than somebody Lonzo? else. I mean, I think ceiling Fox, wise, you think Fox is better than Lonzo? I think. I mean, I'm. I can't make a definitive statement just because I. I don't. I didn't watch it enough to really know, but. Yeah, I think Fox is just the most... He's just the more athletic one. He has everything except the shot. That's the one thing you got to develop. You've got to be able to you shoot be able and to create shoot. as a point guard in the NBA. You're you will totally get right. eaten alive. I think he can create. He just got to be able to make it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's... that's, that's got to finish, big yeah, thing. No, yeah. No doubt, but hey, he... he it's he, a guard's game now. And he smoked Lonzo in the one-on-one matchup. He did play well in the tournament, yes. So, I, I'm just saying it's, it's not out of the realm for a team to rather have Fox than Ball. It's just too perfect. Or, or it's just Josh too perfect Jackson. of a marriage no, for I'm me. With you. I just I'm don't. With you. The stars have aligned. It just seems ordained and destined to happen. Seems like a match made in heaven, but maybe it's not because there are other good players, and that's just the fact. Maybe, maybe it's not. That's why people say it's such a good draft, and it probably is. There are a lot of good players, but everyone's so lumped together to me. Besides, I guess I've, I've taken Fultz and Ball and put them as the top two guys, and then there's and then it's kind Three of everybody nine, else, yeah. You know? but, yeah, but I whichever think one's your flavor. Josh Jackson and Fox definitely need to be there. And then I'm Josh Jackson. Very athletic. After that, I'm not really sure. It's but. just so hard to really project. Okay, who's going to turn out to be good, and how long is it going to take them? Because there's a transition. Kennedy talked about it last week. It takes these guys a little while to finally find their groove. Steph Curry he wasn't immediately good. Oh well, Steph Curry's a total anomaly as well. But he was told, a, that whole but, Golden State team it took a little while. Yes, but the the reason why most of these guys struggle early is because it's not like back in the day where these guys were getting four years of college experience before exactly. they come out. These guys are nineteen; they have one year of college experience, and then well, they used they're getting to just come out the straight NBA out of high Wolves. school. Or yeah, well, only a select few did. Not not a ton of them actually. The top did that. picks all did. Yes. Yeah, sure. But then there are also plenty of guys that were four year seniors and their top five picks and this and that, and they're just a little bit more developed, a little bit more mature physically, mentally, emotionally. These kids now are coming out at 19 years One old. And done, yeah. And athletic as can be in potential through the roof, but they're only 19. I mean, give the guy till he's 23 before we just throw him to the wolves. Or, I mean, throw them to the wolves in the sense that just write them off. Well, in sports today, you're not giving that luxury, man. You got to produce immediately. Yeah, what have that's, you done for me lately? That's true. Or, but or just, at least show flashes and signs. Sure. There, there's obviously, you can you can tell a guy, okay, does he belong or is he just completely outmatched here? I mean, sure. But in terms of getting tangible, you know, production from a rookie player, For it's your just, rule. You've it's always just really give tough time. to do that. It's really tough to do that. So as much as we talk about these guys and how good of a class it is, you won't really see we don't the fruit know. of the labor for years down the line. We'll see. But I don't know. I, I think Fultz is clearly the number one. And then after that, I wouldn't be mad at you if you had Fox, Jackson, maybe another guy or two ahead of ball. It's one of those things to each their own. I just The story was weird to me. I didn't buy it. Let's transition. There is another championship up for grabs. Same time. You got NBA. You got NHL, and the Stanley Cup Finals have been really, really good, contradictory to the NBA Finals. So it's time for a little bit of quick puck with Bab. You know this music gets me going, Bab. Back oh, really? to the ESPN theme. Huh? Yeah, oh, it's time to switch back. ABC one's cool, but it's still not. It's still not ESPN. <laughs> All right, we got. We got to be quick. We got to be quick. We don't have much time. Yeah, well, this feeling, is, feeling really good. This has right been now. an awesome series. So take your time. It deserves a little bit of time over how crappy yeah, the NBA's been. Because we've even got some. We got some hockey audio today. We do have we? some hockey audio, which is pretty good. Because Charles Barkley. Listen, yeah. Bab. If you have the stamina, Bab, so be it. So yeah. So the Stanley Cup Finals after. Uh, Pittsburgh took games one and two. Nashville responded. 
in their loud as hell building by taking games three and four. They took game three, four to one last Wednesday, the day after we recorded last week's episode. And then they uh, won five to one uh, last night to tie the series up at two games apiece. And then it will shift back to uh, Pittsburgh coming up here on Saturday. Yeah, it's 2-2. And it's really been just blowouts kind of home and home. Yeah, it's really kind of whoever's had the home ice so far has been good. It's been but weird. Pe- it's, it's been good because Pecorine, back to looking like Pecorine, which is nice because he looked horrible in the first two games in Pittsburgh, and then he allows just a goal a pop in it for each game in Nashville. So that's all back to normal. Catfish are flying everywhere. Charles Barkley is saying the NBA sucks over the NHL playoffs. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time to be what a hockey fan. the hell or, is going on? Let's get into this Barkley or, audio. So Wayne Gretzky is doing a press conference, and Charles Barkley has been invited to Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee, where the Preds play. He's been told, hey, it's an awesome environment. And I've always said to people out there, if you've never been to an NHL or a hockey game in general, go. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely a sport that you are more into and you get more of an appreciation for if you see it live. It's a lot of fun. So he's invited. He goes. And he decides to uh, go into Gretzky's press conference here and ask him a question. Wayne, I just always wonder, who's your favorite black athlete of all time? (laughs) Grant Fuhrer. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was going to say you, Chuck. Exactly. That's what I thought he would, too. But no, he goes with Grant Fuhrer. Dead in the eye and say, Michael Jordan. (laughs) Biatch. (laughs) But it's not you, Chuck. So here's what Chuck uh, had to say as he responded. He went on to NBC Sports at intermission and was interviewed by those fellas. So here, here's how Chuck responded to Wayne's comments. Well, I'm surprised at his age he was able to come up and answer that quick. Because obviously we know Grant, who's amazing. But, you know, Wayne's no spring chicken. So I was surprised at his age he was able to think that fast. Yeah, he's still pretty sharp. Charles, you make your living from basketball, but you're not afraid to express your love for the Stanley Cup playoffs. What is it about the postseason that fascinates you so much? Well, number one, you have no idea who's going to win. There's not a single person who thought the Nashville Predators were going to be playing for the Stanley Cup championship. I love that ability. Like, when when the regular season ends, Anybody has a chance. And also, out of all the things in sports, basketball, baseball, football, sudden death in hockey is the most exciting thing in sports, plain and simple. So here's Charles. All kinds of love for the NHL. Man, screw this. I was watching this last night and having a ball with Here's it. your jaw just dropped? Like, yes. this is the NBA it's on like, TNT main man. Yeah. Just like, ramming. oh my goodness, just ramming into basketball. But overtime in hockey, especially in the playoffs, dude, it is special. I mean, if you're not an NHL fan, and I know it's a lukewarm sport out there in America, but there are people that are fans are diehard about hockey. Yeah. They've got loyal, loyal fans, and it's a fun sport. It's not too Eric, late to jump on the train. Eric. Especially now. Well, I'm just trying to figure out, like, uh, the rules. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm always Hockey. trying to figure out the rules, where the puck is, this, that, and the third. But Have you ever been to a Stars game? A long, long time ago. Have you, you ever been, been to a Florida Panthers, Panthers game? Yeah, Florida Panthers many, game. Many, Tam- many moons. Tampa many, Bay many Lightning. Moons. No. No, the Stars are the only hockey arena I've ever, professional hockey arena I've ever been in. I have been, I was at a uh, college hockey game. A couple years ago, I was at a, uh, in Virginia visiting some family. And was I it West to, Virginia? No, it was Liberty University. Oh, Liberty. Lynchburg, Virginia. Probably club. 
team. Yeah, I mean, something like that. I don't know, but that was the last hockey I saw. I mean, it's definitely entertaining, but when you think about what do people actually care about, the finals, we're talking about how bad they are. They got great ratings. The NHL, we're looking at how great their series, their Stanley Cup finals have been, and their ratings aren't near the... <laughs> Near the finals ratings. So no. it's just, it's crazy. That's the difference the problem. In, That's what we're trying to bring awareness to and grow about. the sport. Oh, yeah. so it's like a, it's well, like a right disease. Now you're right. It's like a That's disease that Charles... we need to bring awareness. We need to, we need to bring up like, we need to have a hockey charity. A Do we need to have an, an, an wow. NHL charity? Jeez, why are you being so mean to no, the because, hockey Well, because you're, you're, you're describing it. You're saying bring awareness to it. Like it's like yeah, a, people it's are a just disease unaware. that people just don't. Yeah, no, it's you're bringing awareness to the disease of basketball that needs to be cured by hockey. Wow. That is uh It's kind of what Charles Barkley's saying. Really going yeah, that's exactly what Chuck's saying. Well, Chuck doesn't know what he's talking about because the world is watching basketball while he's sitting there with the other 19 people watching hockey. He says something about watching blowouts. On the NBA on TNT that you said following an NBA blowout, thank God for the Stanley Cup playoffs because that's what I'll be watching from now on instead of these blowouts. How closely have you followed these playoffs? You know, they kind of mirror each other. So when I'm in my regular studio job, I have two hockey go- games going on at the same time. So he I've watches watched, hockey games in between his segments on TNT. So I've watched, going back, the National Predators, when they won the first game against the Blackhawks, I'm like, that's a nice little win. Then they win game two. Then they sweep the Blackhawks. So I've actually watched pretty much every single game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It has been amazing. You and you and the other three people. You know what the rating was for Game Four of the tied Stanley Cup Finals right now? That are so incredibly amazing. You know how many people gathered around their TV with their friends and family to enjoy this amazing event? Well, the rating was four point one four. We go back and look at what was the uh, what was the finals for Game Two of a blowout series? I'm pretty sure it was like a 13 or 14 rating. Gary Bettman is a bit of a moron, and he has made a yeah. terrible, terrible television licensing agreement. You Sorry, have, it's Gary. not even on the core four major networks. Do we even make it's Gary's on NBC anymore? Sports Network? Uh, do you, like, what was the last access person? to it? Not so good. The bottom line is the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs have been very good and very entertaining. The NBA has been very stale, and the conversation we're not trying to have now is which is getting better ratings, Eric. Well, I'm just saying. I think we clearly know. I'm just saying the what NFL the people leads everything. The NBA is number two. Well, college then football Then there's baseball. Two. Football in general is king in America. Sure. The, we're not talking Should college. Be. We're talking professional here. Pigskin. You've got NFL. you got NBA. you got MLB. The NHL is following up the rear here. But I love that, though. But that's my, isn't that your favorite part about The point is them? it's a fun sport. is that why you respect them? And, people, and you shouldn't Coming be right bashing up the rear. here. First off, Charles talked about how awesome it is live. Cut number four, Bab. Maybe you should go to a game, Eric. Dang it. And things will be Jer- Jeremy Roenick said to me, he said, you got to come to Nashville. It's the greatest thing I've seen as far as home ice advantage. I've had a blast. Everybody in Nashville has been fantastic, and thank you for having me on. Perfect. Great to have you on the program. Good seeing you. Thanks, Charles, for your time, and thanks for your endorsement of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I- I'm loving it. Shout out to my girl, Chris Simpson, too. She's my favorite person in Canada. Thank you for your endorsement of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Chuck's got a favorite Canadian. We'll hand you. We'll cut the check as soon as you get off set, Chuck. Appreciate you. People need to know. He's speaking truth out there, baby. The nope. Stanley Cup playoffs have been awesome. Check them out. Cool. Well, that was a hell of a lot of stamina, Bab. I need some water. Uh, I guess. Uh, the Calder Cup playoffs, 2-0 Grand Rapids right now over Syracuse. Oh, now that's big-time stuff there. Game three on oh, for, uh, Saturday. Huge. Huge. 
the Allen Americans aren't in there? That's the Kelly different Cup league, finals. Different league. Um, which wrapped up. Congratulations to the Colorado Eagles. When you talk about great sporting wow. events, you talk and about the Coulter finals or whatever they're called. You just like meshed Kelly and Calder together, and I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what What are they called again? Calder Cup is the AHL. Kelly Cup is the ECHL. Okay, okay, wow. So Allen's yeah, in the ECHL. Just as good as it gets sports-wise. They got bounced in the first round by Colorado, who went on to win the whole thing. So What can you do? If you're going to lose, at least go out to the team that wins it all. The on championship, top. number one. That means top. they won everything. That is they got, a, okay, they got speaking the of speaking of they won good the hockey, right down the street means they had like more points good than the hockey. other team at the end. Eric, Oxymoron. Speaking of good, they come out and they award the trophy to them when the game's over. Confetti usually falls. The, the thing about it is only there's four crying, people watch. There's hugging. There's kissing, and they get to enjoy it with all sixteen. There's people also that are there. a parade, and each person gets the trophy. It's a parade with their family for at members. least a day, at least a week. It's Thanks. the same so trophy pretty, they've had for 120-something years. Whichever wow. league you're in, it's the same trophy. It's the same Beautiful. damn trophy. Everybody's a winner, on though. It. Only the champions win. Uh, if you want good hockey, the Allen Americans, who are right down the freaking street. So the buzzer goes off the horn. And Shut that means up. the game's good over, God. and they bring the trophy out and award it to the champion. I need a cigarette. The Allen Americans. It's disgusting. Right down the street. East Coast Hockey League. Cool. Up until... This season, they had won four consecutive championships. Jeez, they were they're they're the, they are the winningest professional franchise in Dallas. Thank Ford you Ford. for that. I, I didn't know that. No one did. No one wanted to. And probably in the state of Texas, for that matter. Wow. Just but they're not a professional the team. So they don't get the love the people. Yeah. Would they don't deserve give. it. They, they make six figures a year. They don't count. That's professional. We have got to bounce back from this right now. Can, we, can right. we do something? Can we just, can we do something? Something? Okay. What do you want to do? See, he agrees. You don't even know who that is. That's why I said he. No one knows who it is. I know who it is. Who? Stay in your lane. Yeah. What did uh, he say? We could get, we could get a little weird yes, right now if y'all want to. let's do that. Let's just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. Get weird with Walt Chuck. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. All right. This week's edition of Let's Get Weird with Walt Chuck. Wait, wait, wait. Let me put my weird pants on. Oh, yeah. Get the weird pants on. Give me a sec. Yeah. Did you describe what kind of pants are they? Oh, you don't. You stop. I'm not going to describe these. You should. I think everybody wants to know. They're my weird pants. They're on. All you you know is that they're on and they're tight, baby. They are real real tight. Yeah, I can see a lot of outlines of and, things that I didn't want to see. And if you must know, they are assless. They're like chaps. Proceed. No Split Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. Let's get weird. Man realizes his face is being used in a fake obituary. Oh, he died? And things only get worse. He, he faked his death? No. Somebody used his face. Somebody used his picture and put it on an obituary. Oh, what a good prank. That they faked. So James Bland is apparently a uh, an actor, filmmaker, been in a couple things. Tweets out, y'all want to hear a funny story? So I just got an email from a young lady letting me know somebody has falsely used my photo. This happens a lot, actually. That's flattering. I'm guessing it's because when you Google black man, 
my old headshot comes up pretty high on the list. <laughs> That's hilarious. So the email subject read, quote, fake, obit- <laughs> fake obituary with your pick. Oh, what a wary? Fake obit- obituary. Ah. Fake obituary with your pick. The subject alone had me like, what? And he posts a gif of, or a gif of Kim Kardashian laying in bed, like, what, making that face, like, what the hell? Oh, I would love to see that. He goes on to say, I'm laying on bed on my phone thinking, is this really how I want to start my day? I need to read my morning devotional. Check the, check the gram. Why would oh. you check the gram if you're dead, Whatever. bro? Come on. Just get, so he social reads media the email really and it says, your grave these days. The email says, my sister's co-worker claimed that his brother, Edward Grace, died in a car accident last week, which was Thursday. The email continues and attached is what he sent to his sister, to the person's sister that's emailing him this. And his managers as proof that his brother did in fact pass away. So it's a little obituary with the picture of this guy that I guess he got off Google. So it was his brother that died? He said his brother died. But I don't think his brother the actually died. The guy who died. posted the obituary? Yes. The, okay. Y'all, they really got me out here on a damn obituary. <laughs> so here's the gag. The man who lied to his job is actually a pastor. Oh. And his wife is Come the on. one who called up to the job to say his brother died. Basically, somebody's pastor and first lady out here are living foul, lying for some paid leave. Come on, preach. So here's a picture of the obituary. James Bland goes on to say, I just took a moment to read the full obituary and I'm appalled. (laughs) Morris Brown is the name they gave him. Put some respect on my fake obituary. He didn't like the name Morris, I guess. Oh, the last name Brown, Morris Brown. Gosh, that's great. Up close in the obituary when they expect it, in the actual little paragraph that it talks about what this, you know, his life, They, ch- it's not, it's no longer Morris. It's now Edward, and then they change it to James. So the man's name goes from Morris to Edward to James. All throughout the all whole throughout obituary. All throughout this obituary. <laughs> that's great. That is great. This is actually really, I'm actually pretty impressed yeah, with the guy nuts. who pulled this off. Well, the guy, it didn't end up well for him. So the tweets go on. Got an update on fake obituary story. Dude got fired from his job, and employees think it wasn't his wife who called, but his side chick. Ooh, everybody's got one. Oh, man. Dang, preach. Can't believe you would do that, dude. Not to mention the fact that he's a pastor. I mean, your dad's a pastor, right? He would never do that. No. Never. That just goes against, like, all rules, not, I feel. Not again. It's weird to me. He'll only make that mistake one time, I promise. There's that story. Next thing I've got, this is from the Chive. By the way, I just recently got into the Chive. It's a freaking gold mine of just goodness, man. Oh, really? I know they got a lot of, uh, a lot of pretty memes on there. And the Chive's got some good stuff. So I found a list that said curious effects of not having sex. Oh, wow. Please give me <laughs> this that. This interests me, right? This is practically a doctor's appointment for me. Yeah. So <laughs> so let's say, you know, you're going through a dry spell and your sex, drive, your sex drive gets flat. So here's what, what this says. Funny wait, thing, wait, wait, wait. I need to, let me get my pen. Sorry. Okay. Well, funny thing, the more sex you have, the more hormones you produce that make you want it. So, of course, the inverse is also true. The less you have sex, the less you desire it. If your dry spell lasts long enough, you may actually see substantial declines in your sex drive semi-permanently. Wow. So, that's a bit scary. That makes a lot of sense. So, when they say, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it semi-permanently. Okay, wow. A semi. All right. Semi. 
fact number one. All right, number two, I'm ready. You can get sick more often. People that engage in sexual activity once or twice a week have significantly higher levels of the antibodies that fight colds. The longer you go without the warmth of another person's body against yours, the more likely you are to get sick. Listen, it's no secret I've been sick for the last two shows, right? Jeez. Someone's been lying to this me. This is a freaking... Things, quote-unquote, a... loosen up a little. When women are engaging in sex regularly, they're engaging the muscles of their private area, and the membranes become increasingly engorged. This engorged. can lead engorged. I don't like that. This can lead to them stretching and gaining the ability to ah, get even larger, creating stop. a tighter entry. That's a good thing. So believe it or not, the less a woman has sex, the more potential she has to actually be loose down there. Boom! Another You're high school myth bites the dust. Yes. Wow! All you prudes yes. out there are so loose. Well, man. you gotta wait to hear the full story. I, yeah, that was a, that's a, that was a good thing. The, the prudes are loose. The loosey goose. More vivid and frequent sex dreams. I didn't say they would be all bad, depending on whether you still share a bed with your stepbrother. This one may actually be pretty awesome. The less you have, the more sexual your dreams become due to a lack of opportunity for expression physically. That makes sense. Let's just say I do laundry four times a week. Bad mood forever. Here's one to share with the wifey. Semen is actually an antidepressant. Whoa! When it is ingested orally or vaginally, Whoa! it can create a somewhat permanent boost to your mood, particularly for people who go from frequent sex to no sex. This cold turkey plummet could have extreme adverse effects on your mood. And I'll tell you what, I've seen it firsthand. Living with three dudes, <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> You have a greater chance of going limp. Remember that whole use it or lose it thing? Oh, here we go. No, this doesn't affect me. I'm well, a chubby guy. Well, here you go, dudes. I'm a chubby guy. Your dick is essentially a muscle. Oh! What happens when you don't work a muscle out? No, you don't inject it with stuff from Mexico. It deflates, obviously. Age and the other factors can affect this as well. In fact, according to studies, men who have sex less than one to two times a week are twice as likely to go limp. Then again, just because it's not with another person doesn't mean you're not having sex. All right, I'm sorry, I'm writing this down. It was so um, if you're if you're you know no no Mexican if you're bumping what? your numbers you're up and you're you're, you're just jerky to jerky, mm. you're you're still okay. You're covered. You don't have to worry about going limp. Choking the chicken. If you're having personal fun time, Eric's fun time, then you're okay. Good. You don't actually have to be with another woman for that. Yeah, or else, if you're just doing nothing, then yeah, you're gonna have issues. Uh oh. You'll be more stressed. According to studies, people who don't have sex regularly tend to have higher blood pressure in response to stress. For those who have a rapid decline in frequency of sex, those going from lots of ass to very little, these stress spikes can be substantial. Oh, boy. Crippling your ability to handle anxious moments. So when you go on these sprees, you go on these sprees, and then you go on the quick dry spell right after, it can, it can affect stress you. Stress, bad. Yeah, but big time stress. Apparently, you also get dumber. Losing my hair. People used to believe that abstinence would make you smarter. I oh, think yeah. that's more of a case of the chicken and the egg, and apparently so does science. In fact, scientists proved that sexual activity boosts the growth, the growth of neurons in the hippocampus. So it could be... In other words, if you stop having sex, your brain could shrink, dummy. So it's like an extracurricular activity for school. Like, I mean, this is this is for to better your studies. It's breeding knowledge. Listen, I'm trying to get an education here. So if this is what it takes, beautiful woman... Please. We got to do what the human society needs. You want to A on that? Hey, we hey. need smart Listen, people. If you want the A? If you want the A, I'm, I'm just saying. If you want the A, most importantly, when you're not having sex, you're not having sex. I mean, I guess there are religious constraints and other reasons why people may choose to stop getting it in, but 
Shouts out to them. Sex I love is them. the tits. Love you. And that's love how us. this Jive uh, article wraps it up. Really but, closed the book on us there. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Man, that was uh, that was definitely weird. I mean, I'm glad it was practically a free doctor's appointment for me. Figured out a lot of these symptoms where they're coming from, so appreciate you. Of course. So now we know. We're going to have to ask Doc. We know. Hey. Dr. John Michaels next time he comes on. Fake obituary is not cool. And two, when you're not having sex, there's there's things that uh, ramifications that can come from that. The last thing is not really a weird segment. It's just kind of a list. And I think the people love lists, and I think we could have fun with this. This is created for good conversation. Everybody can play along to this. All right, so are we still, but we're still in the weird, like, I should keep my weird pants on, though, shouldn't I? You can I? keep the weird pants on okay, for this, okay. sure. Okay. It seems like you're thinking a little bit better. Nice, Bab, putting the music back on. Okay, I feel you. We'll stay in the weird. I'm a we'll smart guy. Weird. We can keep this in weird. This is cool. It's just a list that everyone's having fun with, and the vibe is good right now. Give it to me, baby. The one food people would eat for the rest of their lives if they had to choose, and it's a list of the top 10 foods. Pizza. Fried chicken. You might have hit the nail on the head there. Spaghetti. Number 10. I, ice cream. A Whataburger cheeseburger. You've named a lot that are on here. Yes, dude, number because 10, I know what I'm talking about. Number I'm 10 Number ten is macaroni and cheese. I got an A on that paper. You better believe it. You guys mac and cheese fans? Who's not a mac and cheese fan? Are you That's, out of your mind? Hell yeah. Next up, number nine, Chinese food. Oh, That's well, a, which yeah, is a lot of variety. Yeah, well, that's what you had the other night. You can attest. You You're loved right. it. And hey, turns out it didn't backfire like we thought. Like nope. we said, number eight is grilled cheese. Oh yeah, I mean cheese is everybody. I mean cheese is just you great. gotta have your cheese. Unless you're allergic to dairy, I'm sorry for you. Number seven, which is more of a side than a meal, but it's fries. Oh my gosh! Listen, here's the thing. Sorry to throw a wrench in this for you. No, of course. French fries. I will tell you now. French fries and chips for me, and I would, I think everybody should agree with this. Could go with any meal, anytime. Couldn't agree more. Like fries and chips, anything, anytime, any place. Yes, yes. Or what do you think? Yes. What do you think number six is? Oh gosh, lucky number six. Well, going back to the fries real quick. Where's where's your favorite place to get fries from? Oh wow, that's a good question. There's so many. I mean, it just depends on you want the wedge, you want the waffle, you want the curly, you want you the, gotta you pick want the regular, one. Rest you want the regular. You're, you're going with one fry. Man, that is really difficult. If I could go McDonald's fries dipped in one Whataburger ketchup. ketchup, washed down with a Whataburger cheeseburger. Oh yeah, I'm there all day. That sounds phenomenal. All day. That sounds great. What's number six? Fried chicken. Oh, dude, that should be higher on the list, man. I think I think it's low too. Dude, that is that is a shame. And honestly, I think fries are a little low, my a little low as well. Well, let's see what's left. Number five is bacon. I would rather have fried chicken. You'd than rather bacon. have fried chicken. I'd yes. rather have fried chicken than bacon too. I'd I'd rather have fries than bacon. I well. I'd pri- like good fries. Yeah, I'd rather have good fries. Spaghetti is number four. Listen, my I Italian do love heritage. Spaghetti. You know, I'm with that. The spaghetti, the meatball, and your cool spaghetti over fried chicken. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, too. But that's like, I mean, so far, that's the only one I'm cool with. All right, number three. Cheeseburger. It's a tasty treat. It's a sweet treat. Mm, ice cream cone. It is ice cream, just ice no. cream in general. No, not for me. I'd rather have a bag of chips. I'd rather okay. have fries. So you put ice cream over, over everything else. Ice cream can go to about. number 10 for me. Really? Yes. So mac and cheese moving up, grilled cheese moving up. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Number two. Steak. Oh, well, can't go wrong there. I mean, a good old-fashioned steak there. How do you like yours, by the way? Because I'm a rare guy. I'm a medium-rare guy. Okay. I'm, I'm cool. Medium-rare, rare. I'm, I'm solid medium with rare. I don't like it charred and, and No, and I like a nice pink setter. Pink pink is good for me. You know, I'm, I'm into the pink myself. Yeah. And number one, if you had to bet. Pizza. It's pizza. Yeah. Come on. Get out of here. 
Are you cool with pizza? Everybody loves a good slice of pizza. I mean, yes, I, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with steak, spaghetti, pizza. Fried chicken is right in that mix, though, of just just Mount Rushmore. So fried chicken being Hall at six is the one that needs to move up. Yes, big time. And I think fries need to move up ahead of, of, of ice cream as well. And bacon? And bacon, yeah. I think I think I'd go. I think if I'm if I'm reordering this for me, I'm going number one. I'll go pizza. Two, I'll go spaghetti. Three, I'll go fried chicken. I know there's Chinese food on this list. I'm surprised sushi's not on it. Sushi would be number one for me. Yeah, I think it's kind of a love hate thing with sushi, though. You know what I'm saying? Like probably you can get a lot bad of people. Sushi? Well, I, well, it just I think some people really like sushi, and some people are like, no, I don't want to go anywhere That's near. That's true. It probably skewed the numbers a little yeah, bit. Yeah, skewed the numbs. I can understand and, that. And you know, numbers do not pizza lie. Pizza is universal. Pizza's Everybody universal. loves pizza. Pizza is universal. I feel like fried chicken is universal. I can't fathom I think so too. Everybody thing. Really I like loves. fried chicken. And there's so much you can do with fried chicken. You can do chicken strips, chicken nuggets, yeah, just bone straight in, up bone fried out. chicken, yeah, fried I'm chicken down. sandwich. I'm all in it. A lot of things you can do with fried chicken, baby. I'm balls deep in fried chicken as much as I can possibly be. Well, that's this edition of Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Even though they had a terrible list in the order that they had, it just... The ordering wasn't where we wanted. No, it wasn't where any smart person would want it. Well, I think we should take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor, Robert, from the Diamond Broker. And when we get back, we'll get into some NFL talk, and then we'll wrap the show, as always, with some oofs and entertainment. No Split Seats Podcast. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Robert of the Diamond Broker. Over the past 30 years, many jewelry stores have come and gone, but we are still here. We are Dallas's original Diamond Broker, and our A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and a proven track record with thousands of satisfied customers sets us apart. The Diamond Broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds, engagement rings, and special occasion jewelry. We were one of the first companies in DFW to offer diamonds directly from the cutters. With over $2 million in loose diamonds to choose from, the Diamond Broker is the most respected wholesale broker because we guarantee the color, clarity, and cut of every diamond sold. We offer good old-fashioned value and service, no gimmicks and no hassles. When shopping for an engagement ring, a pre-owned Rolex, or special occasion diamonds, visit the Diamond Broker. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. The Diamond Broker, Dallas original diamond broker at Preston and Forest in Dallas are on the web at diamondbrokerdallas.com. Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolter alongside Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for rolling with us. We're shifting gears now to the National Football League, the Jets have been making some moves today. They are parting ways with Eric Decker, whether that is going to be a trade, most likely a release. And they also released longtime linebacker David Harris, the former Michigan Wolverine, who's been outstanding since he came into the league, an inside linebacker for them, veteran players. So the Jets, uh, they've already really lost a lot this offseason. Brandon Marshall's gone. Their top two receivers are gone from last year. I guess Forte's still there. Who the hell knows who's playing quarterback for them? The Jets in total rebuilding mode right now. I think they're just committing to hashtag suck for Sam. And they're they're trying to get... They want Darnold? They want Darnold out of USC, baby. It's they weird how fast things can change, though, because I'm with you. And we had John Michaels and talked about it on, who's a former UFC Trojan. Darnold seems like the real freaking deal, and I like the guy a lot. But I thought the same thing about Josh Rosen from UCLA. I thought I had high expectations for him. He had a great freshman year. Really dipped last year, yeah. So, so you he's just never back. know no, what can happen sure. in a year. But I think they're, I think they're hashtag suck for Sam right now, and they're just open. They're just like, listen, 
we are going to we're pretty much just tanking quote unquote i mean you don't really hear about tanking in the nfl but like that's sort of what they're doing they're just just releasing everybody and just basically shouting from the mountaintops we don't care about this season we want to suck if we win one game great if we win no games even better so shout out to the Jeets for that they'll still probably beat my dolphins once if not twice and it'll be wonderful uh, it'll, be, it'll be a meaningful I think it'll game. Go it'll be a meaningful one game, and, and we will lose. And we will lose when it matters, when it counts. To maybe, maybe when it's all said and done, the worst team in NFL history. So that's going to be great. Just the projecting Sandy, the future there. Yeah, yeah. The San Diego Chargers. Um, what they do? I mean, the LA Chargers, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, freaking wow. a man. It is LA now, right? Yeah, yeah. Los Angeles. There's yeah, we're too many quick teams. On that. It's weird that they've got two teams now. Mm-mm. We're not going to let you miss that. The up. La Chargers. Their rookie Mike Williams. Oh yeah, receiver Clemson. Good player. Yeah, he's going to have to sit out minicamp with a back injury, and you Ooh. wonder, backs can linger. They can linger, I hope linger, that's man. not something that t- goes into training camp in the start of the season. That would be really upsetting for the top 10 pick. They always say, uh, like farts, back injuries linger. Did you just make that up on the spot? Potentially. Okay. I like that, though. That's quick. Quick puck. The Bills are hosting recently released... Former Kansas City Chiefs receiver Jeremy Macklin. They're signing him or they're they're interested? hosting him. He's oh, there for a visit, bringing him into Buffalo, and then well, he's expected for them, to it's visit the summertime. Because if it was the winter time and they had to do this, Jeremy would he say, has just spent L-O-L. the last two years in Kansas City though. It's That's pretty true. darn cold there. That's as well. a fair point. But Buffalo is the wasteland. It does seem that way. Yeah, it, it's just it's ridiculous. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. They've so. got a good running game though to take some pressure off the passing game in those cold weather. I mean, hey. He could reconnect with Shady. Yeah, they've revamped, they've revamped their coaching staff and obviously got new personnel and things like that. So, but, And they could use a receiver probably. I like Tyrod Sammy Taylor. Watkins is always hurt, but those two, if healthy, could be quite a tandem. Definitely can't stand the Bills, And though. they drafted uh, Zay Jones. Oh, yeah, they did draft Zay From Jones. East Carolina. East Carolina. He was a good player. Really showed up in the Senior Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, that would be a nice added weapon for Buffalo. They could use all they can, really, and it's... Uh, Kind of tough for Macklin, the way the Chiefs just... You know, I heard uh, Andy It was shocking. Reed. surprising. So, so Jeremy Macklin got married like two weeks ago. Andy Reid was in attendance for the wedding. Oh, my goodness. I think Macklin goes on his honeymoon or something, comes back, and then gets word, hey, adios, my friend. Thanks for the wine. Wow. Thanks for the dance. Thanks for the cake. Yeah, really. That's that's. Andy said, hey, thanks for the cake. He had to have he, known he, that was coming. The email was... He had to have. Ja, uh, Jeremy, thanks for the invite. Thanks for the cake. Thanks for the... Uh, to go box of cake, but we're gonna have to cut you. Hope breaking you ha- I hope breaking you had news! A great breaking news here, uh, really quick to interrupt this NFL talk. The major league, major league baseball. Uh, the Rangers have agreed in an exchange for struggling relief pitcher Sam Dyson, who has been really, really bad this year for Texas. He is now a San Francisco Giant. So the Giants have acquired reliever Sam Dyson from the Texas Rangers in exchange for a player to be named later or cash. So whatever it is. Sam Dyson has moved on, and hopefully he can have more success in a change of scenery. As Jeremy Macklin is trying to do, he's also going to visit Baltimore. And Baltimore, when you think about it, Rashad Perriman been a bit of a disappointment there and hasn't been healthy at receiver. I think Kamar Aiken signed with maybe – he signed somewhere else. He's no longer in Baltimore. I want to say Detroit, but I don't know for sure if well, that's I right. Well, I think uh, Baltimore still has Mike Wallace. Steve Smith retired. They, have Mike they Wallace, do have Baltimore, Mike Wallace But they still. can use a Jeremy Macklin and – 
Joe Flacco definitely needs as many weapons as he can have. And Macklin, you know when he's healthy, he's got speed. Yeah, he's and Joe Flacco player. has always thrown one of the best deep balls in the game. I wonder what Kansas City's thinking because who the heck are they throwing Tyreek to? Tyreek the Freak Hill, man. Yeah, but he's kind of, I mean, as, as good as he was last year, he's a little bit gimmicky. I totally agree you, with if you. If he's your only guy, you're in trouble. Like, you want him being like your third guy to where we can, you know, hey, worry about our other two and we're going to sneak out our fast guy here and he's going to go score a couple Especially of touchdowns. Especially since you play him at running back some. He's, he's, he's a do-it-all kind of but guy. But he's not he's a, a number one go-to guy. But it's guy. tough. You don't think, I don't think he can be a number one guy either, but you never know. He's, he's just one of those playmakers. He was in the top 100 list you know yesterday, what? came in at 38. I know what they're thinking. They're saying, hell, Alex Smith doesn't throw to receivers anyways. We got we don't even need Travis this guy. Kelsey. That's all we need. We got Kelsey. We got a couple fullbacks, a running back. We're going to be just fine. We're good to go. Good thinking, Kansas City. Just ahead of its time there. That's a pioneer move by Andy <laughs> Reid. He is a pioneer. You know what? Now that I think about it, maybe that cake at that wedding sucked, and it was just like maybe you know the wedding what, Jeremy, was just get bad. The hell out of here. Maybe he had some bad sushi at the wedding, or or he showed up and thought there was going to be some Kansas City barbecue. There wasn't, and there wasn't, mm. and that's going to tick Andy right the hell off. And or I don't Philly blame him for it either. Jeremy was a Philly guy. That's true. Some Philly cheese. I mean, hopefully he's got he both. He did go I mean, to if Missouri. You're, Andy, you're thinking both, but man, that's a shame if there's no barbecue. And then you see what happens. Macklin gets shown the door. Macklin's out of there. You know who else is was not even shown the door to come in? He was just closed on his face. They just no. I heard they just threw it out the threw him right out the window. Colin Kaepernick, no, no, no oh, go God. in Seattle, baby. They went ahead and going. signed Austin I'm Davis. Take that back. Um, yeah, they signed Austin Davis. Can you to, believe um, that? We were talking about. We think that Colin Kaepernick to Seattle would have been perfect. And then yeah. there were some rumors that the reason they decided to go Austin Davis was because the Seahawks were afraid. Kaepernick might start. And uh, hmm. I don't know. Oh, no, nah, over Russell Wilson? I don't think so. One, I don't think so. Well, Two, I'm sure he would like to start, but once he's on the team, if he wants a job, he's going to understand his role. And his role is, sure, compete for the job. And if you are really better than Russell Wilson, I don't think Pete Carroll would have any problem pulling that trigger. I know he's probably got a good relationship with Russ, but we saw it when they signed Matt Flynn to a fat contract. And Russell Wilson beat him out in yeah, training camp. It's kind of like they always say, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. I mean, and Russell Wilson starts to struggle. He's the guy you're paying a lot. And we've there's been reports this offseason about the Seahawks, especially their defensive side of the ball. Their players aren't, they don't really like, especially Richard Sherman, don't really like Russell Wilson. They don't think he's as good as everybody makes him out to be. They think the defense is what carries that team and what carried them to a Super Bowl. And they think the offense is what lost them, what should have been two Super Bowls in a row. Well, they should have just ran the damn ball. Fair enough. And they'd have one. But so if there's a little bit of animosity or in that in locker room against Russell Wilson and you throw a guy like Kaepernick in there, and we've already talked about the Seahawks, their players last year were in support of him. They're one of the more vocal teams in saying, listen, oh, we support Kaepernick. So he would have instant support and credibility in that locker room. And if Russell Wilson struggles at all, they would be pining, clamoring. And if you have, you don't want that division in the locker room. So I can, I can get that. But I think the bigger question here is, does, does Austin Davis even belong in the CFL? Austin Davis belongs in the NFL. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Austin okay. Davis is not terrible. When you're, you're talking sure. about backup quarterbacks in the league, Look, I saw Austin Davis play pretty damn well against my Dallas Cowboys two years ago. And the other thing, the the other thing about Davis is he probably is making probably no guaranteed He's money at all. He's probably making the veteran Ka minimum. Kaepernick was going to be one Kaepernick of the, wanted the, high, to get paid. One of the higher paid. Yeah. I mean, Again, we still don't. But Kaepernick has a better player. I don't know if he's said who's this. a better player. Oh, no question. Kaepernick, Kaepernick is. But you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks that have been signed this offseason. Yeah. And for so the that's, most part, that's the weird. But this is the one that's really like holy crap. This is definitely this is a little bit of a shocker, but when the, when the money comes out that Austin Davis wanted nothing and K 
Kaepernick, Kaepernick was going to want a couple of million, which I don't know. He hasn't come out, so I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth. But some of the reports come out that I mean, and he deserves it because Caps, he Kaepernick is the top twenty quarterback, top top twenty two quarterback, easily. So he he rightfully feels like he deserves to be paid, and I don't blame him. But if the Seahawks don't want to pay the guy, then they don't want to pay the guy. Oh, I get it. And, and if you don't want to pay your back, whatever quarterback, is better for your organization, those are valid claims. Maybe the Seahawks they know their team when they're locker room. And they didn't want to have that. But from the perspective that you get of the Seahawks, they're not one that really cares too much. They're going to let their players believe what they want. Yeah. And they're just all about, if you're talented and you can play, we'll bring you in. So for me, I do think that that is a valid claim and there might be truth there. I just don't know so much. And if the Seahawks, who were the one team that I thought really might make that plunge, didn't, it's giving me serious doubts if Colin Kaepernick even gets signed unless there's a major injury and a team is really desperate. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of what he's holding out for. It is a shame because it did seem like a really perfect setup to have Kaepernick go in there, back up Wilson, if Kaepernick's willing to be a backup. And uh, so it's a shame that it didn't work out. I thought that was going to be fun, and it would have been interesting to see if something played out to where Wilson was struggling or he got banged up and Kaepernick stepped in and just to see what could have happened that way. But I think at this point, we talked about it. We even said, if he's not signing with Seattle— this thing's really going to get stretched out, and the only way he does end up getting signed is if there's some sort of freak injury that goes down between training camp, preseason, or even early in the season. But it's it's going to get stretched out now because everybody's got their quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody needs a quarterback. But the truth is, is if there's let's say everybody's got their starter and their backup, that means there's 64 quarterbacks. I can promise you this: there are not 64 quarterbacks walking this planet that are better than Colin, Colin Kaepernick. No, I totally agree, man. So. Kaepernick is a talented guy, and he I would love him Heck, if he wanted to come back up Dak Prescott. That would be an improvement over what the Cowboys have. It's just we've talked about it. Do teams want to make that PC promotional risk of bringing him in and having all the outside media noise of, oh, it's Kaepernick? I think the whole thing's silly. We, I wish we could just look at it as like, this is a football player. We're trying to improve our football I team. I know. I'm with you 100%, man. It's but just we like, can't. We he can't. Deserve, he it's all about oh, who's going to get upset. Are we going to upset this person? Is this person going to renew their season tickets? Oh, maybe not. We've gotten emails. and Everyone, you're not never going to please anybody. If he helps your football team, he helps the guy a chance. Team. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's silly. But I, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, you don't want to wish injury upon anybody, but hopefully he finds a way to get in there and can play well because he he did play better than a lot of people want to think he did last year. And we've pulled it out. We've talked about it already. The QB catalog, the Bible, the NFL QB Bible, he and Fahey, pre-snap reads. He breaks it down, and we, we saw Kaepernick's a decent quarterback. So He's not bad. If somebody ends up getting him, it's not going to be much of a downgrade from whoever it was their starter that got injured. I can assure we you that. And we see other news, Des Bryant saying he wants to return puns for the Dallas Cowboys. How do you, you're a Cowboys fan. You're a Cowboys fanatic. To yes. The, to, I mean, and you're a Desbian. I'm a Desbian for life. You got that tattoo right there near your... your, your In the your safe thing. space, baby. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think about this? You want to see him do that? I think situational football, if you it's it's late in the game, you need a play, you need a big return, sure, put Des back there. On a regular basis, hell no. That's what you drafted Ryan Switzer for. Thank you. He gives you that value. Des Bryant is way too important for us as an outside option at receiver. And he's already been banged up the last couple of years. Now that he's finally fresh and healthy and ready to explode and reclaim his top spot amongst the top three receivers in football. Yeah, I do not want him back there because you're going to get freaking blindside whacked on. 
trying to field a punt. Yeah, you don't want to get whacked on at all uh, if you're Dez. Um, but he's he's a, he's a, he's he hasn't shown that he can be consistently healthy, not being a punt returner. So let's just start there, Dez. And like you said, great point. They isn't this why they just drafted Switzer and everybody talking about? Oh my God, I'm so glad we got Switzer. We finally got ourselves a consistent punt returner. I mean, so why do you need Dez? You now I, I'm with you. Where if you're in a, if you're in a pinch and it's one of those deals where you need a return to end the game or this or that, you need a big play. Sure, put him fine. back there because he's good and he can do it in his rookie year. He's, he took a he's couple shown, to the house. Yeah, he can take some to the house. He can also end up. You you wouldn't be surprised if the other if the punt return or if the punting team ended up scoring a touchdown on that punt because he tried to get a little too cute. He dropped the ball. This or that. So he's a big play I would waiting be surprised to happen. If that happened. Okay, I know you would. I yeah, would be very. I'm surprised. sure you wouldn't sign off on that hypothetical there. But that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine. not that's Delusional. not something that would happen. That's okay. No, well, that, that okay, would never well, happen. But okay, so then your only concern is injury. My only concern is injury. Okay. So what do you think? Uh, uh, like maybe, and uh, would you even do it in the regular season unless it was a, t- a total yeah, like must win season. game? Because I'm like, dude, just maybe in the playoffs. Unless, I don't even know if the regular season I'd mess I with. I would it. do it in the regular season unless I've got stuff clinched and it's not a, a meaningful game for me. Well, I think we need to see how Switzer plays. I think so too. Because if yeah, maybe if Switzer's not always cracked up, to I would be, like then... to avoid it. I would like to get production from Ryan Switzer that spot, not have to worry about it. But in a pinch, I don't doubt Dez's ability to do it. I just don't want him doing it. He's way too valuable as an offensive piece for me to risk even putting him yeah. out there. At that point, you might as well just stick Zeke back there and just go bumble through people and score a touchdown every time. And I mean, you geez. don't need to do that either. Please no. do not do that. He's getting whacked enough with his 30 hits a game. On or off? On. Mm, okay. The well, other thing that I wanted to bring up is how absolutely disrespectful you were last week. Me? This has been grinding my gears since the last time we were in here. Oh, wow. What did I do? How are you going to sit there, look me in the eyes, and tell me you're going to take Amari Cooper over <laughs> Des Bryant? Yeah, you know, out of here, dude. I was kind of surprised how well you took that. Well, because at first I was kind of thinking, and it probably still is the case. Did you go crunch the like numbers? You even did you said, go lock yourself in the like film room? Like you even said, you knew I would take Des, so you're just going to say Amari Cooper. But I want your honest, real opinion. And I'm not talking about longevity because, sure, Mari Cooper is younger. So if we're building a franchise, you want a younger receiver. But I'm talking about just for this coming season, Des Bryant is healthy and ready to go. You've got two healthy options. Who do you want, Des or Mari Cooper? Give me the healthy Des Bryant all day, every day. What did I also say? You're splitting hairs and who cares? You're not splitting hairs, though. I am. Amari Cooper, I don't think, is in the same stratosphere right now wow. when Des Bryant is on his game. Okay, but when is he on his game? Is he going to play? Is he injury yes, prone? Yes, he's, he's on his game right now. He's good. This, oh, as right speak, now doesn't right now, matter. Today. Right now doesn't matter. It is. We're talking about the now. We're talking about 2017, this season. All right, so in OTAs, yeah, I'd love to. I'd rather have a healthy Des Week in one of 2017. Okay, well then, do I have Des? I don't know. It's a little you bit have up in the air. Dez. Yes, is he you returning punts? No, he's not returning punts. So the, here's the thing: Dez is a better player right now. He has accomplished more. But I mean, yeah, I was kind of giving you a hard time last week, and it is splitting hairs because Amari Cooper. I is like a Amari stud. Cooper. I do, but he led the league in drops his rookie season. Okay, that's and fine. last he probably year you could say mean, he wasn't even the best receiver on his own team. You look at what Michael Crabtree did, and he outshined Amari Cooper quite a lot last year. That's fine. And if Terrence Williams could have done that, great, because he just draws that coverage. Amari Cooper is going to take the double team. Des Bryant's going to take the double team. It's not his fault he has a good player on the other side. I'm telling you, you're doubling Amari Cooper a lot of the time. He might have been some of the time. By the end of last year, I don't think teams were doubling Amari. All I'm saying is Des Bryant's a 
very fine player. Best high pointer in the game. I don't want you to get butt hurt. I'm I don't hurt. need that happening right now. I I'm don't hurt need, about I can, it a little I can, bit. I can see it in your face. And it's not to knock Amari Cooper. My comparison for Cooper coming into the league, which I think is spot on, is Torrey Holt. Good route runner, good player, consistent, just gets the job done, but isn't elite in area, any areas. Des Bryant, to me, is a, one of those freak athletes, specialty players like the Julios and the A.J. Greens out there when he's on his game. Butter, 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 butter. Despian for life. Thank you, Bab. Don't, I mean, geez, don't get all in your feelings about that. Des is a fine player. Just he's stay better healthy, than Amari bud. Cooper. Stay healthy, bud. Des, Des, please stay healthy because I'm sick of hearing these jerk-offs, Jags here. Whoa. Talking crap like you can't stay healthy, buddy. You're fine. You're good. You got this. This is all you. 2017, the year of the Bryant and the year of the Cowboys. If you say Amari so, Cooper, bud. you're still good. I still like you, too. No, Amari Cooper's You're not Des Bryant. All right, that's fine. Had good to get, for you. I had to get off that off my chest. I know you feel better now. I do. That's all that matters. The other thing was we've kind of been teasing this for several weeks, and we haven't gotten to it. But Peter King released his off-season NFL power rankings. And uh, he ranked all 32 teams based on who he think is who he thinks is the worst team at 32, and who he thinks is the best team at number one. I'll tell you what; it gets really interesting when you crack the top 10. But he had a few teams towards like the the bottom half that I kind of have a little bit more faith in than he does. At least I think they're talented, and I can understand why he has them down there because they haven't proven anything. But I think they've got the capability to outperform where he is. So at 32, as the worst team in the league. The Jets. He did have the Jets. He saw it coming, baby. The Jets are mailing it in. Suck for Sam. He had the Jets, and it's weird because I think most people, if you were to ask them, they would say the Browns should be 32, right? Well, not anymore. Not anymore. The Jets are the new Browns. Apparently, the Jets are there. And what I like about this thing is... So are the Browns 31? Well, have to be. I'm trying to scroll down, but this laptop is being very, very uh, fidgety right now. What I do like about this thing is Peter King, he just writes a freaking monologue about every single team. But at the very end, he says, my summary of their season in 10 words. So that's what we can really go off of. And some of these are pretty good. Some of them are kind of like, ah, who cares? So for the Jets prediction in 10 words or less, he says, he won't deserve it, but Bowles gets fired in January. Yeah, that seems destined to happen. And it's unfair for Todd Bowles because he's got a no quarterback and a team that's getting rid of all of their talent. He doesn't have a chance to win. Yeah, just totally hemorrhaging his chance at being a good good coach, good team. 31 was the Browns. And he says, thoughts of Garoppolo dance through Hughes' head after three wins. He thinks they're going to go 3-13. and 13. Yeah, that seems about right. Number 30, the San Francisco 49ers. And new head coach, Kyle Shanahan. Four wins. Niners chase Cousins after predictably crappy season. Oh, so they think they're going to go make a play for Cousins? I'm sure Cousins will be a free agent. I don't think the Redskins can uh, go ahead and put that tag on him again this year. I think they've maxed out their, their franchise tags on oh, him. Oh, okay. And I don't think he wants to resign in Washington. I sure wouldn't. They haven't shown you any true love. Well, is there any surprises in the bottom half of these teams that you thought are better than what he thought or or vice versa in the top 15 or well, 10? Well, it just that... takes me a while to it takes a while to scroll down here. This is a longer article. There's a bunch of crap coming up oh, here. Oh, it's just super so slow. So just work. Yeah, it's just slow. It's well, slow. I, I have a spoiler alert. The Rams alert. are at 29. I have a spoiler alert for the top three, if I recall, when I looked at it. 
He has the Tennessee Titans as like a top three team. He has the Titans in there, yes. And look, I think the Titans are primed to break out, but that high, I don't know. I'm kind of a... Uh, you got to show me first, kind of guy. They, they were, I think, eight and eight or nine no, and seven were, last no, year. No, they were. They were a good and team. And Mariota broke his taking leg. that next step is is a is a bigger thing. It yeah, is a big coming off the injury, but they do have a fantastic running game. They've got a great line as well, and I like Mariota a lot. And I like Mariota too. And they drafted Corey Davis, who's a good receiver. I love Delaney Walker. He's That's one of the more underrated high. players. But in shout football. out to shout out to Tennessee and Nashville because they got the Predators doing what they're doing in the Stanley Cup. And Peter King thinks you guys are going to be basically giving New England a run for their money in the in the AFC, which ma- it makes sense because who else is in the AFC that's going to give Oakland. New England a run? Oakland. I mean, yeah, you have Oakland for sure. I mean, getting Marshawn Lynch, and they had a great year last year, but they also have a quarterback coming off a similar injury, right, with the broken leg or whatever. Derek Carr. Yeah, but I don't think that that'll be an issue. I don't think no, but it's still just something you have quarter these Mariota and Carr. I both think Oakland off is definitely the, the other team. They're the best, second best team in the AFC right now. For sure, they were ready to go last year. If Carr doesn't get hurt, they probably would have been in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. And I think Carr will be fine. It wasn't an AC. I mean, even we saw Brady quarterbacks can come back from that kind of stuff. If it's anything with your shoulder or something where you're it's affecting your passing game, yeah, I the think the neck like with Peyton Manning. That's yeah, tough. That's I more... think he'll be fine with a broken bone. Jacksonville's at 27. They're pretty low. And Jacksonville's a team where, you know, Bortles, Bortles is the issue. But if they could finally get some decent quarterback play, it's not gonna happen. they're a loaded team, talent He's wise, terrible. man. Bortles you don't will... think Leonard Fournette can take enough pressure off? I, I, I mean, I think it's still Bortles not going to make Bortles talent. look any better. He, he's, he's awful. No, he's awful. The Bills are really down there, which they probably should be. Give me Austin Davis. Hey, give me, really give Austin me, Davis give me two Bortles, doses. Huh? Give me, give me a double dose of Austin Davis. Get Blake wow. Bortles out of my sight. So you don't, you think Bortles should be in the CFL? If that, the Chargers be back in groceries. The Chargers are at twenty-five. The Chargers are another team I think is better than than twenty-five. With Philip Rivers, you've got now uh, your defense. I think is really solid. I like their defense a lot, and if Mike Williams could possibly come in and and you've got Keenan Allen coming back healthy. Keenan Allen's the key. He's kind of the X factor for Here's them. Here's what's going to happen. San Diego. You got a veteran quarterback. Melvin Gordon's coming into his own. San Diego's going to win about seven games. They're, they're LA. They're, they're, they're LA. Or, oh, yeah, you're right. They're Los Angeles. You're right. <laughs> Quick to correct me there. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the LA Chargers in typical San Diego or Charger fashion. Phillip Rivers is going to keep them in every game, but he's going to be down with no timeouts, and he's not going to have a shot to win the game. Um, or he's just going to have an impossible chance to win the game, and they're going to lose a lot of games by four or less points right there at the last second. And they're going to go about seven, eight wins, and it's going to be another one. Hey, man, Philip Rivers, if only you had a team, my man. Not even though he's going to have his fair share of the team around him games. is better than you think, in my opinion. We're we'll see. Hopefully, they're, they're, they're going to be. If they don't win those games, I think that's more on the quarterback. Well, I think the Chiefs are a if little you've bit. You've gotten to there, and, and when you look at their point, division. Broncos aren't fantastic. It's a tough division. Well, I don't think the Broncos are. are, are but they'll be competitive. But they'll be competitive. That defense sure. is still very good. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. You're right. It's going to be a competitive division. But I think the Chiefs have gotten. I don't think they've gotten better, really. Definitely not offensively. Definitely not offensively. So, and and, and Denver can only be so good with a subpar quarterback. So if you're if you're sitting there and you're the Chargers, you're thinking, listen, if we can just make a play on Oakland, maybe we can do something. That will be a competitive division. 
Indianapolis was at 24. We've talked about how they just don't have a good roster. Yeah, but they they I'll tell you what, they got a new GM and they had a hell of an offseason. They had a much better draft. They finally got some defensive players. I still am concerned a little bit about their offensive line. The, line, the yeah. offensive line but concerns me. But you got a luck healthy But now. listen, a healthy Andrew Luck and a better defense and this team will be at least at least a, a competitive team in a, a not so great AFC and a definitely a poor division that they're in. The Cincinnati Bengals were all the way down at 21, as were the Houston Texans at 20. Both those teams on paper, you look at their rosters, very, very talented. Yeah, I think he's just looking at the the quarterback situation for both of those teams. He doesn't really like Andy Dalton, I'd assume, uh, Red D. I guess not. You don't know in Houston yet. We don't know how good Deshaun Watson will be. Yeah, and with a rookie quarterback starting in Houston, it's hard to predict them to be anything better than just okay, even though their defense is stacked. The Carolina Panthers just a year removed from the Super Bowl at 19. Well, I guess two years removed now, huh? I guess, yeah. But he's got them at 19. They had a better offseason. They got, you know, McCaffrey and Samuel or whatever at Ohio State, so they added some playmakers there. I mean, it's kind of on... I mean, they, they couldn't do anything <laughs> offensively last year. Wasn't that kind of their problem? And their defense took a huge step back from what it was. So the defense took a step back, and I think Cam took a step back. Yeah, their whole team was just. But it was adding a Christian McCaffrey season. and they drafted uh, Curtis yeah, Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of more talent, and explosiveness. Baltimore at eighteen, right in the middle of a pack. Baltimore's one of those teams that they're gritty, man. They're either going to take off and be a lot better than you expect, or they'll be right around there. At but they're always a tough out. Always a tough out. Detroit at seventeen. The Lions are interesting because Matthew Stafford came in at thirty-one. On the top 100 list, on that NFL top 100. Stafford played pretty well last year, I thought. It's just like, they, there's something missing with that club. Always. always something missing it's Detroit. There. It's just not going to be, it's not going to be Never great. Never quite comes together. 16? 15? 14? We're on uh, 16 and 17, and I, it's just, it's just slow. Jeez, technology killing you. It's just slow. Well... I want to know where he had the Cowboys. I want to know what his. I just want to know what these top things are. Who he, he thinks the best team in football? He had the, well. We know the best team New in football England. is New England, sure, and that's who he's got at one. The Vikings were were there at uh, seventeen, I think. That's uh, well. We saw Sam we Bradford. Saw the Vikings start five and zero, oh, and Bradford, yeah, high most accurate quarterback, NFL Bible. You know, there they might be a little bit better than Peter King thinks. We will find out. But we get into the top half of this list. The Vikings started off at 16. Arizona at 15. And Peter King says it just feels like a team that's on their last surge. Yeah, this is, if this they is don't do it, it right? this year, it's going to be blown up you a little Palmer, bit. You got Palmer, you got Fitzgerald, they're getting older. He's got New Orleans at 14. And New Orleans is a team that I could see have been a little bit lower on this list. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he's got them up that high. They revamped some of their offense a little bit with Peterson and Kamara. And they lost Brandon Cooks, they got though. Some de- they got a good corner. In the draft, they got the one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. So I mean, listen, when you have Drew Brees, any anything anything a running can game happen. will help. When the Saints were really good, when they defense, actually they had, had a running a defense game. in years. But man. when they won the Super Bowl, their defense wasn't that great. Well, they, I disagree. They were the most opportunistic. They were getting turnovers left and right, man. They that had, was the at scheme. Least they were doing that. Yeah, if you're not going to be good, you should get turnovers, certainly. But it's not like they had a freaking elite defense by any means. They were a middle of the pack D. Yeah, well, they've been. But they ran so the football, the and I think that that really created balance. Yeah, they can't have that. Uh, his prediction, though, in 10 words or less, is Saints at Bucks. Week 17 is a playoff game. Interesting. The Bucks. Oh, wow. So that means he hasn't even had the Bucks yet. So he's yeah. got the Tampa Bucks. Tampa Bay's high. Denver's at 13. We just talked about them a little bit. They've got a good defense, but we don't uh, we don't believe in Trevor Simeon. 
Miami coming in at 12. Dang, top 12. But I his, like that. his prediction is, and it, it's probably true, they're probably going to lose in the wild card round unless Tannehill just really excels. And that's kind of where Miami is. They're, they're however far Tannehill's going to take them. They're a team roster-wise that's constructed good enough to make the playoffs. But do you advance? That's up to your quarterback. And our defense, because our defense was terrible last year. I have no so much credit to Adam Gase, how he figured out a way to hide not even really high because it was blatant how bad our defense was and we still were able to 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 make the playoffs. So our defense and yeah, if Tannehill can stay healthy, I think he's he's he showed a lot of growth last year under Gase. And I think if he can stay healthy, then he'll have a really nice season. That defense is what concerns me. But twelfth, dang, that's pretty generous there for old Peter. I like the sound of that. If we can be a top twelve team, I will be thrilled. Team. Yeah. It's wild card team. Eleven, he's got the Bucks. And what's funny is his prediction in ten words or less says in camp. Nick Folk beats out Roberto Aguayo. What a strange story. Roberto Aguayo, the former second-round draft pick from Florida State, is a kicker. Hasn't been great. It's a bad omen, man. Don't take a kicker or anything unless, unless it's Sebastian Janikowski. At number 10 come the New York football Giants. Oh, okay. So there's an NFC squad. There's the And I think the Giants, we'll see some of the teams ahead of them. But at 10, that might be a good spot. We'll see who else is there. Nine, he's got Seattle. Or you could. Some people would say should be higher, uh, nah, but he I think says that's about right. He says his this is the last legit chance at a title for a while for Seattle. Well, they're starting the, those young guys that used to be young and cheap. Now they're old and expensive. At eight, well, and the defense. I mean, they're putting a lot of money there. At eight, he's got Kansas City. No, not, no, no. Not I, I Kansas City better than that. New York and gonna, Seattle. I think it's going to be. I think Kansas City did not do much to upgrade. It's a shame, but they did. You know they. Spend their first round pick on Mahomes. That's a future investment. So and his like, prediction is Pat Mahomes starts some. How much? I don't know. But he does believe Patrick Mahomes will start at quarterback at some point this year for the Chiefs. Well, and they just gave away Macklin. So I, I don't know. And then at number seven comes my Dallas Cowboys. Is, oh, okay. Cowboys at seven. The Cowboys at That's seven. That's a little. I'm, I would expect them to be top five. I thought the Cowboys would be top five as well. He's got them at top seven. His prediction in 10 words or less, and this is one that if the Cowboys are going to be up there, it certainly should be the case. Dak Prescott will be a factor in the MVP race. Listen, if, if Prescott's in the MVP race, then that means... He was the, last year for a little bit. Zeke kind of just... My thing is... Took votes off. If he's in the MVP race, then the Cowboys are going to be a top-five team. That's just fact of the matter. Let's see who he's got ahead of him. At six, he's got Green Bay, which is fair. Packers did knock us out in the uh, knock the Cowboys out in the playoffs. That's fine. Yeah, but you're splitting hairs. I, I'd take the Cowboys roster. But the only thing is Aaron Rodgers. That's Aaron the Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers effect. Right and that's there. that's exactly what it was. And he thinks Rodgers wins MVP, but not a Super Bowl this year. Okay. So he thinks Rodgers is due for uh, for an MVP year. And number five, and this is another team. Should they be ahead of the Cowboys? I don't know. The Cowboys beat them head to head last year. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they should be ahead. Well, they they've gotten. Did they get some pieces back? Well, they got, I guess, Martavis Bryant. They got Martavis Bryant back. They lost Marcus Wheaton. Yeah, they lost Wheaton, but Bryant's better. They got uh, T.J. Watt in the draft. They so lost their Timmons. Defense is better. They, they drafted Juju Smith-Schuster. That's right. Um, I mean, I mean Pittsburgh, yeah. I just I think Cowboys are better than Pittsburgh. Easy. At four is Tennessee. Not easy, but better. It's the, t- the Tennessee Titans he has at four, which is just crazy. And I like the Titans a lot because we're both Mariota believers. I think the tandem of Murray and Henry is sick. 
I just, I just would. It's just a little too early for me to jump the gum. I need them to. I need Not them that to show high. me first. Yeah. I think if you even had them like at ten. Yeah, I'm high. That would have been like, way. all right, so we're high on Tennessee to make a push here. Exactly. But four. But geez, one of the top five teams between before they've even shown that they can make the playoffs. I think that speaks to the level of competition in the AFC though a little bit. It's just it's kind of New England, and then it's it's significant drop off. And then it's everybody else. It's really been that way for the last five years, unless Peyton Manning's been in the picture. Yeah, and without Manning, it's just, man, what are you going to do now? Brady's just running the league. And number three, he's got the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, Falcons at three. I get that. They have a phenomenal roster. They do. And that offense, I mean, we'll see if they regress at all. We'll we'll definitely see how much of a factor losing Kyle Shanahan is. They brought in uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Yes, formerly of Washington, formerly of USC, formerly of uh, Alabama. Falcons have short memories in NFC South, and they win the NFC South again. That's his prediction. At number two, he's got the Oakland Raiders. Oh, okay. So he does have two AFC teams. He's got New England and Oakland, one, two. He's got three out of the four AFC teams. There you go. So maybe he considers them top-heavy and then a week kind of rest of the way down because the NFC just seems like there's more competition there. You're not really sure. AFC, you almost can just pencil in the Patriots. NFC feels like it's kind of wide open. So he's got, coming into this year, the top three teams in the AFC, New England, Oakland, Tennessee. And Atlanta is the best team in the NFC. I think it's Atlanta, Green Bay, and And Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty predictable. It's just pick the order, and I think Dallas is better than Green Bay, and I think that there's a good chance Atlanta could have just a collapse after that Super Bowl because we see it all the time. And he really even had, he had Pittsburgh, which would be the fourth, AFC team yeah, that's ahead true. of Green Bay so, I mean, and Dallas. So he does. So he had four AFC teams in the top five. It's weird, though, because I just don't. I just feel like it's New England and everybody else, man. I think the NFC is way more competitive. But, you're, I mean, hell, hell, if you have Pittsburgh is always a perennial playoff team that they've just got that pedigree. And with Big Ben, you've got a chance. Not in love with Tomlin. You're just banking on two teams that have not yet shown it. At least Oakland had strides last year and made the playoffs, but you didn't get to see Derek Carr in the playoffs and see if they could have any success. For Tennessee, you're really just putting all your eggs into that basket that they can even get into the playoffs for the first time since, what, 2008 maybe with Kerry Collins? Yeah, That year Chris Johnson went for 2K? That's right. That's right. That's the last time. So he he's, must be a uh, believer in Mariota big time, and I don't blame him because Mariota's a hell of a player. But that's a big leap to put Tennessee up there. So Peter King got some bulls. Got some balls, and that is your NFL roundup. So we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep posts on that. Next up, the UFC. There is some big news happening in the UFC. UFC 212 happened this past weekend in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Jose Aldo fighting for his country in the main event against Max Blessed Holloway in the featherweight championship of the world. Jose Aldo, who ran this division for 10 straight years until he met Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor knocked him out in 13 seconds. And that kind of has tarnished Jose Aldo God, and his that legacy. Was, that was so cool, though, man. A little bit. Yeah, it was. Well, in this one, Aldo comes out in the first round, does a great job against Jose, uh, against Max Holloway, I should say. Wins round one. Second round, saw Holloway get a little more comfortable. It's a pretty close round. I'd probably give it to Aldo. But in the third, Max Holloway... Landed a couple, one, two, one, boom, boom, boom. Drops Jose Aldo, gets on top, some vicious ground and pound, finishes him, and he is now the new undisputed featherweight 
champion of the world. Congratulations. Attaboy Holloway. Good for to you, Max bud. Blessed Holloway. So now you've had three all-time featherweight UFC champions, Aldo, McGregor, Holloway. Aldo, who's considered the greatest featherweight of all time, and, and I can see it. He's got all the title defenses. He's got all the stats. But let's be real, folks. Conor McGregor is the best featherweight of all time. Boy, I am surprised you went there. Knocked out the Aldo, who you think is the GOAT, in 13 seconds. He's defeated Max Holloway in five rounds with a torn ACL. Now, I would love to see Conor come back down and defend Just put a whooping 145 on him. Just real with quick. Holloway. It'd be a fun, fun fight. 48-hour notice Both have McGregor. gotten a lot better. I don't know if that'll entice Conor at all. We'll see. In the co-main event, this is for the strawweight contenders spot. Claudia Gedelia faces Karolina Kovalkiewicz. And this was supposed to be, I thought it was going to be a really close fight. Both girls have lost to Ioanni on Jacek, the champion, in five-round wars. Claudia Gedelia has lost to her twice. Gedelia comes out first round. We're talking two and a half minutes and maybe. Gets her rear naked choke. Tap out. Just murked her, man. It wasn't even close. Phenomenal performance from Claudia Gedelia to beat Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I love a good old-fashioned murking. The rest of the card, the card, the, the card, I didn't think was very good. Kind of a weak one for the UFC. Besides those two fights, which if I had a paid money to go to, I might have been a little disappointed, especially for all the Rio de Janeiro fans who were yeah. going for Aldo. They were crying their tears out. No, because it wasn't until, like, uh, I don't know, I guess 120 seconds ago that I found mm. out there was a UFC fight this weekend. Well, we know that you don't pay attention to much. And then there's other news going on in the UFC. There's some drama between Dana White, UFC president, and one of his champions, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who's run the flyweight division. I hear he's like the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in all of UFC. Yes, uh, he is certainly up there, no doubt about it. And you can make that case. I would probably say pound-for-pound. Pound. You know, you take John Jones out of it because he hasn't been fighting for the last couple of years. But he's still the best. John Jones, uh, well, Mighty Mouse is number one. John Jones beats up people while doing, like, binging on cocaine we're not, three this days isn't, prior. We're not talking about John Jones. Just John Jones doesn't deserve airtime right now. Yes, he does. No, he Anyone does not. who can go on a drug binge no, he before does not. they beat the crap no, he does out of not. a professional fighter no, he does not. is a stud. Stay out of trouble, John. John Jones, love you. Then we'll talk about you. But Mighty Mouse is not happy with this. So this is what happened. Mighty Mouse has been a dominant champion in the flyweight division. And he's just run through the division and there's really not a whole lot of contenders. Mighty, well, Mighty Mouse has never gotten pay-per-view points for any of his fights because, quite frankly... I like Mighty Mouse, but the people that he's fighting are not big draws for the UFC. They're not selling. So this is what, what Dana White says. That's the business, baby. It is a business, and it's about making money. Mighty Mouse had a fight scheduled to face Ray Borg, who I believe is the number three contender in that weight class right now. And UFC 214, I believe it is, in August, uh, the co-main event for Jones-Cormier was supposed to be Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight title fight, which is a fight everyone's anticipated for. They're both the coaches and the ultimate fighter. People are excited about this. Well, unfortunately, Cody had to back out. He's, he's got a back injury. Not going to be ready. Now they need to, to fill that fight. TJ comes to Dana and he says, I still want a title fight. I'll drop down 10 pounds to 125 and I'll fight Mighty Mouse if he wants to do that. Well, Demetrius Johnson thinking... No, I don't know that I really want to do this. Um, I've got a fight scheduled with Ray Borg. He's the rightful contender in this weight class. I'm fighting to break the record for the most title defenses in UFC history. It's a big deal. 
I'm not that interested in fighting TJ right now. Let TJ come down, prove he can make the weight health. It's tough to do. Tough to make that extra weight cut. A lot of physical challenges go into that. Prove that he can make the weight. If he does, cool. I'll fight Ray Borg. TJ and I can get it on. Or hell, maybe I'll move up and fight TJ at 135 for that belt if he can beat Cody Garber and let him wait for it. Here's what Dana White had to say on... Um, it was a podcast with Matt, Sarah, and Longo. Dana, why it kind of explained the situation in cut one and why he's so angry right now with, with Mighty Mouse. For the first time ever, you know, I have a fight with Demetrius Johnson mm. where he's on his way to break the record, right? Anderson Silva's record for, for most title offenses. Okay. And TJ Dillashaw um, can't fight Cody No Love because Cody screwed up his back and Cody isn't going to be back for a while. So he's like, I can make this weight. I'm already working on it and everything else. And I'm going to stop him from breaking that record. Ooh, TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Oh, and TJ was going down to 25? TJ is going to go down. Wow. Yeah. Well, I thought it was the other way around. No, no, no. TJ is going to go down to 25 to fight DJ to stop him from beat, wow. from breaking the, the, the record. DJ doesn't want to fight him. Why? Why? Tell me. You well, tell me. It? Why? It's insanity. It's first of all, That's this a great is, fight. This yeah. is the first fight ever in 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 in, uh, in DJ's history that he actually gets pay per view. He gets pay per view on this one, yeah. and this is the first real fight that people will care yeah, about actually, yeah. and want to see on pay per view. And he he is refusing what, to fight what, TJ Dillashaw. Is, do we have any quotes from him? What is he saying? Well, he's kind of. I mean, he's saying essentially Ray Borg is next. He wants to fight Ray Borg, but it seems. Crazy to not want to Ray, Ray Borg really isn't. I mean, if you look at Ray Borg, what's he ranked right now? Five or six? Yeah. Yeah, the guy's ranked five or six. TJ Dillashaw is a former world champion coming yeah. down from the weight class above who's next in line for the title shot there. Absolutely he's next in line if that's what he wants. It's essentially a super fight is what it is. TJ Dillashaw is a former Bantamweight champion. Not the champion now, but he's come back and won a fight since losing the belt rightful contender for the Bantamweight crown, and there's been no intrigue or interest really in watching Demetrius Johnson just bash everyone else everyone else in the strawweight class. So Dana says, you know what? Screw you, DJ. I'm still pushing for this fight. It's the only one that makes sense. Cut two, Bab. You know how I am with that stuff. Unfortunately for DJ, you don't make the fights around here. I do. Yeah. So that's the fight we're pushing for. When do we find anything else on that? <clears throat> we're going to say, you know, that's the fight. I talked to TJ Dillashaw again yesterday. That's the fight he wants. He's ready. He's already cutting weight. And for the can, July, it's for the July. July. What, what card yeah, is this? It's uh, no. That one's going to be uh, probably in August. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so we don't have a definite date on that yet. It, it'll probably be August nineteenth. Okay. So Mighty Mouse goes on the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. Okay. By the way, Dana White's and that's Matt Sarah, former uh, UFC welterweight <laughs> champion. Oh, okay. Dana White's comments were on the UFC Unfiltered podcast. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson then goes on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani, and he gives his side of the story and how all of this started. Cut three, Bab. To go back to the beginning of this, you know, how I found out, you know, T.U. You know, Dana White wanted me to fight T.U. Doshaw. I found out from you. <laughs> I found out from you. I didn't get a phone call or anything. You know, I got a text message from you saying, hey, this is uh, what's going on in the news. I'm like, huh, that's funny. I didn't hear anything. As far as I know, Matt's negotiating with the uh, make about fighting Ray Borge. So, you know, it just goes back to, you know, the past when, you know, the Tough 24 came out. I never got a phone call about that. You know, it was basically media pressure about that going on. And I found out from Twitch and you guys. So, 
uh, that's why, you know, I was coming home from training that day and I saw that and I said, fuck that. You know, I, I'm tired of finding out about career choices or, or options through media and Twitter. So I was like, no, I'm done. I'm, you know, that's why I posted that first thing. I said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I haven't agreed to anything yet. You know, last time I checked, I was waiting for a contract from Ray Borge, not, not to Jidosha. And that's when, you know, it, it all, uh, it all started. So Mighty Mouse essentially gets pissed because of lack of communication. UFC is clearly not communicating with him. And he's like, look, I'm a champion of a weight class here. I'm thinking I'm fighting one guy. You got, I'm hearing from Twitter and from Ariel Hawani, who is a media member here, on who I'm supposedly fighting next. You guys aren't even going to bother giving me a phone call. Let me know what the hell's going on. Everybody knows communication is key. Communication is key. So, Every relationship, man. Look, here's what DJ had to say on his reaction to fighting TJ. Cut four. I just uh, basically looked that fire in my ass when he when he was like, "Well, you know, we're Sounds doing hot. this. You know, this this is what TJ wants." And I said, "Who the fuck cares what TJ wants?" Mm. I said, "As far as I'm concerned, and, and let me be clear, you know, let's say Dana White said, oh, well, this is what Ajima Sterling wants. This is what Rafael Santos wants. This is what Dominic Cruz wants. It's so forth, so forth." I would have said the same response. So I don't want people to think I'm I'm bashing TJ and all that stuff in the media. It's it's how. The situation approaching him, him saying like, "Well, this is what TJ wanted. This opportunity, this is what we're gonna do." And I said, "Fuck that!" I was like, "This isn't TJ Dillashaw's career. This is my career." And I was like, "This is how it's gonna fucking happen." You already offered me the fight with Ray Borge, and I accepted that fight when we we were having you know a little con- contract disputes. And then after that, you know, the number one contender is who is it? Uh, Brandon Brandon Moreno taking a surgery Pettis in Mexico City August 9th. And then the winner of that could be the next number one contender. And then depending on how TJ and Cody, uh, you know, battle all out, then I'll decide if I'm going to go up to the five-inch challenge for that belt. If, if that's an option, you know, I, I'm a man who, who's always willing to work my way up a, a division, and I believe everybody else should do that. And when I have conversations with Mick Maynard, uh, who is in charge of the 125-pound division, he agreed with me. He goes, no, I totally agree with you, dude. I think TJ should come down, get a fight in the flyweight division. That way we know he can make weight safely. Uh, and then, you know, he can challenge for the title. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's just an interesting, I can totally get it from his perspective. And it makes sense. And the way that he shares his story and his side of it, I get it. I do also get what Dana White's saying, though. This is a business. I'm a promoter. I need to sell fights. And Mighty Mouse, it doesn't sound like they've treated Mighty Mouse fairly in this. I think they do owe it to Mighty Mouse to go sit down, wind him, dine him a bit, and explain to him the situation. But what it is at the end of the day is people are not super stoked to watch you beat the crap out of Ray Borg in the first in three rounds and go ahead and break Anderson Silver's record. What they would be excited to see is you fight TJ Dillashaw. So, yeah, it's probably not fair, and we probably are screwing over the rest of the uh, flyweight division and allowing TJ to just move down, proving he's never fought at this weight class, but we're giving him an immediate title shot. But it's going to sell, and the people want to see it. But Mighty Mouse had this to say regarding Dana White's comments on that podcast specifically. Cut six. No, he just came back on. He went on Twitter. He went on a UFC podcast and yeah. said, this is what this was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. This was going to happen. I make the fights around here. Um, and that's the fight we're pushing for. And I told him my, my, my stipulations, and that's where I was like, then, you know, the media, not the, uh, the media, and people are like, where's Dean Strasser? How come he hasn't said anything? We want to know his side of the story. Yeah. What's going on? And I was like, okay, I, I think it's time, you know, to, oh, and then uh, when he said, when they were like, they came back, and they said, hey, if you don't fight, then we're closing the division. I was like, okay, well, that's where they want to go with then. 
I guess it's time for me to, you know, give my reasons on why that the world isn't like, like oh, you're Duck and TJ. Let me remind you guys, if it was Azama Sterling, Rafael Santo, or any other bandwagon in division who's trying to come down and skip the line, their name will be replaced with TJ Dolshaw. So. so not only is Dana White saying, I'm kind of going to bully you into making this fight happen, regardless of the fact that you've defended your belt almost a record amount of times, you've been a great champion for me, you've fought everybody, you've showed up, you've made weight, you've done what you had to do, I'm going to take away your weight class if you don't agree to this fight. Dang, man, that is just a total boss move there by Dana. I mean, man. Just yeah. bullying people, but that's what you're going to do. You, you're the boss, man. You get to make the moves, and it's about the it's about the, who's going to watch and how much money are we going to make, and if this is better, then this is what you're going to do. And, and he, he's proven that he doesn't want anybody being bigger than the sport. That's true. Even though at times there's there's it seems it can be that way with Ronda well, Rousey. Well, it is that or, way. With Connor and Ronda, and, and, it has been Connor that way. It and, seems like it. But you have to be, I mean, that's cream of the crop there. Mighty Mouse, listen, if people don't watch it, people don't watch it. That's just the, that's the sad point. He is certainly the cream of the crop, but not in terms of numbers. And what it's just frustrating is if there's anyone else besides Dimitri Shotson, who's been a company man for those people that follow the UFC, he's been a yes sir, no sir kind of guy. Anything the UFC has asked him to do, he's done. So here's what he had to say in direct reply to Dana. Cut seven. How does he feel at the end of the day? I mean, that was a little bit, but I think that what uh, brought the camels, uh, the straw on the camels back was when he said in my face, he goes, this is what this is what Doshaw wants, and you're taking this opportunity away from DJ. But him saying that, you know, look what Connor's doing now. Connor's not even in the sport of mixed martial arts, technically. He's a champion. He's not even ready to defend his belt. Where's Ronda at? Hmm. Exactly. Nobody knows. Where, where's my black ass at? I'm still here trying to defend my title. I'm still trying to represent this company as the, the greatest um, combat sport on the planet Earth. And of course, he wouldn't say those guys that he wouldn't say that to Connor and Rana. They make, they make, you know, they they run their own show. Now all I'm trying to do is run my own show and be and be straight up. Like I said, and I'm not a UFC employee. I'm a self contractor. Okay. Hmm. If Dan White contracted me to come to his house to lay down some tile. And then he was like, oh, hey, 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 I want you to also lay down uh, something else. I can refuse that job. I can refuse it and decline it. Say, no, you, you, you uh, contracted me to lay down some tile. If you want to uh, contract me to uh, lay down some backsplash in your, your, your shower, you're going to have to submit another contract. I'm going to have to review it to see if it works best for my career. And then um, and I got to get you in the schedule on it, too. That's how that works. So, I mean, if they want to treat me like an employee, then we got to start, you know, dumping some money into my retirement, uh, investing in my 401k and all that stuff. And Listen, I, I get where he's coming from. He, he, he makes a good point, and I would feel the exact same way if I was him, and it's just it's just unfair, and it just sucks. That's just that just ain't the way it works, baby. That ain't the way the business works. That ain't the way life works sometimes. So it's just so sad. You're right. I see where you're coming from. I look at Dana. Hey, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's it's just what are you going to do? It's the way it goes. And as a fan, I kind of hope that that fight ends up happening. I'd love to see him fight DJ Dillashaw. I think it'd be awesome. Those two would be fun to get it on inside the octagon. And we'll see how it turns out. But it, it was an interesting uh, a guy that's usually quiet, doesn't stick up for himself. Demetrius Johnson kind of saying, you know what, Dana? Screw this, man. You got to kind of check yourself here a little bit and, and rethink some things. We'll see what the end result ends up being. We'll wrap the show with a little box office update on this weekend in cinema. And Wonder Woman came out. We've teased it. Haven't seen it yet. I think Thursday night kind is Kind of disappointed night. in you, man. I figured you'd be there midnight been showing. busy and premiere, working. Uh, early screening. I would have been. Had I not had work. Had I not had work, I'd have been there. 
All right, so are you going to get the popcorn ready? or Popcorn's ready. Okay. It's got killer reviews. It's 93% Rotten Tomatoes, critics, and users. So A-plus all the way around. Made 105 mil opening weekend. Coming in at number two was the animated comedy Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, making 23.5 mil. Stars the voices of Ed Helms and Kevin Hart. Did you ever read those? Captain uh, Underpants. You know, I, I did read those back in the day, and I had no idea there was a Captain Underpants movie. Now you want to see out. it? That's don't you? funny. Hell That's yeah, let's go to the yeah. cinema. I might be down for that. By the way, so you go popcorn? Do you go candy or you just popcorn? Honestly, I usually kind of just go drink. Like I, I get a beverage. Wow. And uh, <laughs> unless I'm just, unless I'm really hungry, then maybe I'll get some popcorn or I some. I always uh, regret not getting popcorn, and then the guy next to me gets it. I have a handful, and I'm like, damn it. Should I want? It. I want a whole bucket of that. Those concessions are just so damn expensive these days. Yeah, it's just a ripoff, man. It sucks. That's why I'm always uh, smuggling stuff in there. It's tough. Pockets. You're, you're a smuggler, huh? I've I've smuggled in more Junior Bacon cheeseburgers from Wendy's really? inside movie theaters than I than I have anything else. I like your style. That's my that's my move. Number three, Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales, which was number one a week ago, at twenty one point six mil. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at number 4 with 9.7. And Baywatch in his second weekend continued to disappoint. Sexy, sexy. Eight and a half mil in fifth place. Well, Alien Covenant uh, at six. Then my man King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, starring Charlie Hunnam, was at 10 with 1.2 mil. But Wonder Woman really stealing the show. I've heard nothing but good things. My uh, my brother and his girlfriend saw it. She, the, uh, his girlfriend loved it. He thought it was just okay. He thought there was definitely some good moments, but just okay i guess in terms of the story he wasn't crazy about but everybody seems to really love this thing and they they blew the box office away they away, did away, away, they, away. i mean i saw projections around like 60 mil and then it ends up going for a hundred and a half and it is just such great news for dc to finally have a hit i mean they've come out with stinkers as i talked about last week and they finally have hit to uh to start this dc universe off well, and they're getting better people in line. Patty Jenkins, her first big movie, a female director, having success, has done a good job. They've got, uh, who, who's directing Aquaman? I think Justin Lin, who formerly did some of the Fast and the Furious movies. He's coming in, and now they got Josh Whedon, who started the whole Marvel. He directed Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. He's going to come in and direct Batgirl. Zack Snyder's kind of taking a back seat due to some family issues, which is very, very tragic, but... To be honest with you, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think Zack Snyder's done a very good job at the helm of this DC Universe. So maybe they're moving in a better direction. I'm excited to see Wonder Woman and, and have a review for you coming up next show. Looking forward to it, big guy. Well, that does it for episode number 18 of the No Split Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and producer Bab. I thought I hope that everybody has enjoyed this. Hit us up on the uh, Facebook at No Split Seats Podcast at No Split Seats Pod is the Twitter handle. I believe that is also the Instagram handle. Instagram is NBS Pod. NBS Pod. Or podcast. NBS Podcast. NBS Podcast. I don't know. Go like some pics. Stuff is like taken in, in every single category. Leave, so us a sexy little, leave us a sexy little comment. Leave us a comment. Hit us up on the iTunes. Subscribe. As always, do your thing. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. I love you. Come back and see us for episode 19 next week. Miss you already. Come boys. Okay.